Folks, the Chairshot Podcast is back with our annual prediction episode. We have got 2018 prediction game. We're going to be dishing out the points. We're going to be determining who, once again, who is the best prognosticator uh, of the uh, of the year. Uh, I've done my research. I went back and I listened to last year's uh, uh, prediction game, and I've got everyone's predictions all lined up here. I forgot that uh, Paul won last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Paul, reigning and defending champion, defending my title. Uh, so, so look forward to that uh, this week. We have also got the usual. We've got life guff. We've got we've got the game and the movie guff. And I think we have a, as promised last week, we have a big, huge bumper edition of of the wrestling guff. We've got two weeks of news. It's actually been a very newsworthy two weeks. So we have a lot of stuff to get through here. Mm-hmm. AEW. We got. Um, uh, NXT UK, uh, bits of other UK wrestling yep, yep, uh, yep, yep, news, yep. all that good stuff, and we even have a dead, a dead wrestling personality to talk about. But we're not going to reveal who just here. Stick around, folks. Find that out. Um, uh, so look forward to that. So uh, let's just jump straight in here, lads. Any uh, any life guff uh, to talk about? Because I certainly don't. I think I'm the only one who has life guff this week because I see here on the, uh, on our shared document that Joe has simply written out. I've done so little, I thought I should write it, write it in the uh, rundown. And I've, I haven't even bothered to write anything because that's the level of now I'm at. So. Okay, well, it's a new year. The, the year of our Lord, 2019, Ric Flair. Um and I'm just after realizing, by the way, as an aside, my laptop charger is not plugged in. So I'm going to. Ch- <laughs> I look down at the. <laughs> I look down at the corner of my screen. How much battery do I have left out of interest? 33 minutes. Good time to realize that it's not plugged in and get that plugged in. There we go. Um, it's 2019. Um, I was. Rel- now, listeners will not believe me here. When I, when I say that I, I would consider myself having a relatively good streak of good health leading into the end of 2018. I think the last time I was sick off work for even for a day was like maybe September, which for me is pretty good. Um, I got sick this week, quite badly sick. Um, not for a long period. Understand? Like I've I, in the past, I have been sick with, you know, like a chest infection or whatever for, uh, for like two weeks. I was only sick for two days. But I was very sick, especially on the first day. Because um, here in our house, everybody has been getting sick. Nat- Natty was sick for like two weeks with a pretty bad flu. And I kept like exclaiming, like, I'm the only one who's not been sick. I've not been sick. Look at me not being sick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> finally, then I got sick. Um, so what happened was on Wednesday morning, I got up out of bed at six in the morning, uh, dressed myself, hopped on the dart, which is like the inner city train got that to Connolly station dublin's uh central train station which is where i get my second train into work and i I was in Connolly station now typically there's a uh 20 15 20 minute or so wait between my two trains and as i arrived into Connolly, i realized that 
I wasn't well, um, which was most notable because of that fever feeling that I had. You know when you have a temperature or you have a fever and you have that just feeling of yeah. general unwellness that you know something's wrong. So I had that. And then I started getting a little bit, like, weak and trembly. And I was, I was like, okay, I'm not, I'm not well here. So because it was a 20-minute wait, I said, look, I'll give it 10 minutes and see how I feel. And eventually I, I called work and said, look, I'm, I'm at the train station, but I'm just going home. <laughs> I, I can't come the rest of the way. I'm really unwell. So I went home, uh, got into bed, stayed in bed pretty much all day and like i say when i mentioned that this was maybe the sickest i've ever been i just was completely drained of all energy i think when people say that they have the flu what they really mean is they have a little bit of a, a sore throat and a bit of a cough but i was like completely just out for the count i, I actually tried to watch a movie um which i won't even talk about this week because i had, i watched so little of it uh i put it on and got nine minutes in before I just had to turn it off because I didn't have the energy to watch it. I just had to turn it off and lie down. Oh, oh dear. Um, I hate that. I hate that level of sickness where it's like, no, I, I actually just have to be in bed doing nothing because any everything else. I is even, too- I even opened up the laptop and um, put, put like opened up YouTube and just looked at the homepage, and I was like, I, I can't watch anything. It, the, the thing I can liken it to is when you have no appetite and you can't eat anything. It was like that of the brain. I just had, I just had, I had so little energy that I didn't have the commitment to even watch a five-minute YouTube video. So I just had to, lie, I just had to lie down. Now Thursday, I felt a lot better. I did still stay home because I still wasn't feeling fully recovered. And I said, okay, I'll take the, se- I'll take the second day and recover, and then go back to work on Friday, which is what happened. And I was pretty much okay on Friday. But I'd say between Wednesday and Thursday, of the forty-eight hours. I probably spent about 43, 44 in bed. <laughs> Not ideal. And I even was joking then when I went back to work on the Friday, you know, I was saying, uh, Natty actually on the Wednesday morning went out to university and I was thinking to myself, oh, great, I'll just stay home, watch films and it'll be great. And I did so little of anything that was enjoyable. It was really miserable to the point that I would have preferred to have just gone to work. Um... On a, on, you know, on a normal day, I mean, like, I prefer being well at work than being so sick at home that you get no pleasure from doing anything. So that was not uh, not nice. I am now better, um, more or less. I think I'm, I would rate myself at a good 90, 97% right now, um, <laughs> compared to where I was. I got, I got five and three quarter stars on my health currently. Um... I also got a nice haircut, which I was in bad, badly in need of. Uh, and we have a nice uh, barbers around the corner from where we live here. It's one of those um, new, you know, the new style of like cool barbers, where it's it's all young lads with trendy hairdos. Oh and, yeah, 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 and like one of, one of those drinking a martini like, as he cuts your hair. The size of their heads, the sides sides of their head completely shaped. Yeah, absolutely. No hair at all on the sides. It's where uh, they recruit all the NXT UK lads. <laughs> <laughs> well, they all they all wear that um, style of jeans that uh, oh, indie wrestlers wear. Oh. 
I remember one time we were in the queue for, I think, I don't remember if you were with me at the, at the moment that this happened, Barry. You might have been, actually. Or I don't remember if it was you or my brother. But we were in the queue for OTT at the old Tivoli. Rest in peace, by the way. Oh, I know I know what this is going to be, and I was there. And, it, and uh, well, I don't think we have to name, name uh, the wrestler particularly, but a wrestler walked by the queue into the area where they used to do, like, their interviews or whatever, and had the tightest jeans on. At, like, the, the, the jeans that only a twat would wear. And we just kind of marveled at, like, what a heel, what a worker, <laughs> wearing jeans like those. Um, but yeah, it was that kind of thing. So I was, I, the queue was quite long, so I was sitting in there looking around and just marveling at, you know, they have, uh, what did they have, like a, a foosball table in the middle of the barbers. They had, uh, like, a bar. Barbers, like, like what? I don't need entertainment. I, I, was, I was offered a drink while I waited. God almighty. I was like, just here for the haircut, pretty much. Thank you. Everything in this country north of where I live is just disgusting. <laughs> well, I quite enjoy it. And then um, I'm used to the old Leakslip Barbers where you, you go down, you have a five-minute haircut, and whatever, ten, you're on your way. <laughs> now, the, I was watching these people in front of me getting their haircut, and I swear there was one guy getting his haircut, like quite a tight, you know, hairdo. Uh, I swear he was there... The, the lad was cutting his hair for 10 minutes and the haircut did not change. I was like, he looks exactly the same as he did 10 minutes ago. What is this guy doing with that hair? Um, <laughs> like he's the extra in a movie. He's like pretending to cut the hair. <laughs> <laughs> it was like that. And then uh, they finally got me haircut. And then they bring out like a nice hot towel and stuff. I was like, oh, this is fucking luxury. This is. Um, so that was nice. But I'm very happy with the haircut. Nice and nice and short because Barry who sees me more often I suppose might notice that I, I, I just go through two phases of getting my hair cut and then letting it get quite messy and mid length and then cutting it again so I, I'd say I get my hair cut about twice a year so this is my this is my first of 2019 eh, it's quite nice uh, the hair on top still hanging in there for dear life so it's looking alright um, and then the last thing that happened this week was Natty had been mentioning to me that she had got a surprise for me so i was kind of waiting see oh, what's this going to be I'm trying to trying to work out what was what it was right i'm thinking maybe maybe it's like a mug cake which is a thing that i used to buy like a you know make make a cake in a mug i can't get that mix anywhere anymore i was like maybe she got me one of those or maybe it's uh i don't know i was thinking this and that and then she was planning for it to arrive early this week but actually arrived Yes, or on Friday, and I got a message saying, "Oh, your surprise is here. Do you want me to wait or give it to you?" So, all right, I I, I didn't come out and say it, but I was like, <laughs> "You better be giving me that today. I ain't waiting no more." Um, so I got home, and it was in her little handbag. So I'm thinking, okay, mug cake still on the table. It's about the right size. Um, and then she taps it, and it has like a noise, like it's solid. I'm saying, okay, it's not a mug cake. What is this thing? And um, so it was revealed anyway to be a copy each for myself and for her of Pokemon Let's Go on the Nintendo Switch, which I was very happy with. That's a nice little for no reason present to receive. That was very nice. Uh, So I got the Pikachu version. She kept the Eevee one for herself. Um, So I'll talk about that. I've played about seven hours of it since Friday. So I shall talk about that in our game guff. But that was just a nice thing that happened in the week. Um, 
So no, I, I would describe the week as an an up and down an up and down week from the the peak of getting a nice uh, haircut and a nice video game, and then being severely sick a couple of days prior to that. So that was nice. The good old mixed bag. Ah, yeah. Uh, that that haircut was uh, quite the adventure, though. Uh, we just jump into our various guffs here. It seems like me and Joe don't have a we don't have lives, so um, do, yeah. get my cup of tea here because I'm a hungover little boy. Hang on, all right. Um, uh, let's jump in here to a little bit of telly guff. Looks like I'm the only one who watched any telly this weekend. I didn't even watch that much. Uh, I well, I started you, which is the kind of the hot new Netflix original mm-hmm. uh, of the moment. I'm two episodes in. It's pretty good. Uh, kind of a weird concept um, uh, to be done quite well. I'm, I'm really digging it. I've kind of heard mixed things about how it sticks the landing, which makes me a little bit anxious because of its subject matter. I, you know, I, I could see it going off a cliff, but uh, I'm still very early on. If you haven't heard of this, it's basically uh, about a, uh, a guy, a, a bookshop, uh, uh, employee who becomes fixated with a, a girl who comes into his shop and he starts uh, stalking her and sort of trying to manipulate things in her life to uh, that she has this spontaneous kind of uh, connection with this man when in actuality he's uh, obsessing over her every her every move and and kind of trying to craft this relationship uh, uh, sort of forcibly, but she's not aware it's forcibly. So naturally, it's 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 a uh, uh, quite bizarre kind of it's kind of like a psychological horror in some weird ways, but it's not leaning too far in that direction. Kind of got a bit of a dark comedy aspect to it as well, not leaning in that direction. It's 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 totally quite weird because the stalker is you know, the protagonist, quote-unquote, it's told from his perspective, but obviously it's not It's not going for any kind of sympathy for him, but it's uh, it's quite interesting. It's, it's, it's quite uh, interesting, and it's a, a fairly easy watch from what I've seen so far. Um, so that's good. Uh, and also the latest season of Always Sunny in Philadelphia got added to Netflix as well, so I'm catching up on that. Um, so, so, so far, um, I'm four episodes in, that was some laughs in the first three, but it wasn't bowling me over. Fourth episode, I actually thought was really, really funny. So that's good. Um, you know, that, that show has been running a while and it has its peaks and its troughs. Um, I, I don't really have a, a sense of where, where this season's going to lie because it's been kind of mixed so far. But um, not terrible by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, plenty of laughs still. So, uh, so yeah, that's been my, uh, my telegraph this week. Uh, you know, both, both of them, uh, so far, both of them are a decent recommendation for the old Netflix subscribers out there. Mm. Um, if there's no, no other telegraph, I guess we can probably just move on to the old uh, game guff, I would say. Oh, a very busy week of game guff for me, lads. I don't know about yourselves. Um, I don't know if you're still playing Egg Inc., Joe, or how that's been going this week, or... Yeah, no, I've been playing that every day for the last uh, two years. <laughs> I want more Egg Inc. updates. That's what I want in 2019. Yeah. Um, so I, I finished Batman Arkham City this week. Um, when I say finished, uh, as I mentioned last week, I pretty, ju- pretty much just mainlined the game. I, I didn't really do much of anything in the way of side quests or... Riddler trophies or exploring the the city. I, I just did the main quest and beat it quite quickly. Um, 
I'm not sure I particularly like Arkham City that much. Uh, I was a very big fan of Arkham Asylum. Uh, partly because it was so unique at the time. Obviously, you have a lot now of... You have a lot of um, close, s- similar games in the sense of... You have superhero games and you have games that are very close to the the combat from Batman Arkham Asylum. Uh, and Arkham City... I, I, number one, I just don't think visually it really holds up. I think the character design, I don't know if I mentioned this last week, I just think it's very, it's a very ugly game. Um, yeah, yeah, I would liken it to the, I think, I think I mentioned this last week, but those like wrestler figures used to get that would like sweat and they're all grotesque. The character models remind me more or less of that. And Catwoman's like this dead eyed, big titty fucking fucking stupid video game character design like just poison yeah. ivy as well um i think obviously the joker design is quite iconic but um outside of I'm that not even that, not that big a fan of it it's kind of like cartoony and uh, I, I don't know i, I think that's, i think that's a, i think that's that one and the penguin i think are the only two that kind of work for me everyone else i really um, like yeah, the, the the Joker one. I I don't know. I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the character models in in, in in that game. I think that's actually perfectly fair. Like and like the the Catwoman and the Poison Ivy thing. They kind of just really recommend not recommend. They uh, um, I'm not drawing a blank on the fucking word. They kind of sum up the the problems uh, uh, with with a lot of character design of, of like female characters in games. Because I, I I don't think those characters like in terms of their writing are overly sexual. But it's like, but they have to be designed that way because that's just how you make a video game. They have to look that way. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. like in terms of that weird disconnect. Um, Poison yeah. Ivy is basically just in like underwear and like a, an open shirt. <laughs> you know yeah. that, and she's green. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's some other, you know, there's some other women that are fleetingly in the game that are just there for you to rescue. There's like a nurse and a reporter. They don't really do anything else. Um, I found as well the the exploration less interesting than in Arkham Asylum. Um, I think in Arkham Asylum you have your you have your uh, botanical gardens where poison ivy is. You have your sewers with uh, Killer Croc and that. Arkham City is all just kind of the same, you know, more or less. You have the museum and you have the steel mill, but it's all just kind of gray and kind of, it's kind of, kind of similar. I, I, I like a bit more variance in the areas that I'm exploring to kind of keep them more memorable, memorable in my head. And I just found the plot generally weaker than in, uh, in Arkham Asylum. So for me, it was a big step down, unfortunately. Maybe it's just, like I say, playing in a, in a post-Spider-Man world uh, maybe changes my perception of it, whereas I played Arkham Asylum before. But uh, yeah, I, was, I wasn't a huge fan of it. Um, I then played Barkham... Barkham? Barkham. Uh, <laughs> Arkham VR. Um, the Dark Doggo. <laughs> so I played Arkham VR, um, beat it in one... Um, standing i was gonna say sitting but i played it standing very up. uh very short um some really nice moments in it in particular where you're like analyzing a crime scene and you're kind of going backwards and forwards and you have these like really life-size heroes like battling out in front of you um yeah. and i thought that bit could have been fleshed out into a more substantial experience so yeah well I, I, for me that was like the 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 height of the game and then also the bit where you're 
you're um, interrupting a, a beatdown of a like cro- uh, crony by penguin. And you're like on top of one of the buildings and you interrupt and you're fighting. Apart from that, I found it quite dull. <laughs> um, like where you're 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 looking for shrapnel in in a, a corpse's uh, body in a morgue, and it's yeah. just you're like hold out your controller and just scan it up and down the body until you find the bit you're looking for and do that six times. I thought at its worst, it reminded me of like the most boring parts of Telltale games, like the Telltale Batman. Where like Telltale Batman, and I, I suppose this is true of all the Telltale games, is that you're 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 doing story, 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 and then the game just cr- s- you know stops to a halt and makes you walk around this area for like fifteen minutes and just look at things, and it's super boring. And a lot of Arkham VR to me felt just like that. Where I liked when it was kind of a bit more fast paced, and I f- uh, it, f- it felt a bit more like you were Batman, uh, and then some of it you just felt like a like a police detective slowly looking at clues and i didn't think yeah i didn't think it was that good in that sense i did like the story of it i liked the uh i won't spoil obviously the ending but i did like the kind of license to do more out of the box things that they they yeah. do especially towards it, the end but overall i found it too short and too much of its running time was was boring so i i I, I think I think this game, when the PSVR and, and even just VR in general first came out, it was kind of emblematic of a lot of the frustrations with it. It's like okay, most of the of the appeal of this, it's kind of like a VR showpiece. It's yeah, like, oh, I, it, it I, feels I, like a tech I, demo for sure. It's like oh, I'm in the cave. That's cool. Oh, this thing jumped at me and it looked really 3D and that's cool. But the the actual game part isn't great. And I remember one of the great. One of the really sums up just kind of how how unfulfilling it kind of is as an actual game is like any segment where you throw batarangs, they're they're not remotely satisfying to throw because they auto target really really strongly. So you're not yeah. actually like aiming, and it, you, the the actual game aspect of that is extremely. I wish limited. there was a bit more agency as well as to when to use your your gadgets. Gadgets. It, it feels like they're only there for you to use when the game tells you to. You know. Oh, you're done with this part of the game. Use your bat claw to move to the next segment. It's to be a big green, you know, target on the screen somewhere. And oh, reach down to my belt, pull it out, shoot it. And and then um, there was some stuff that really kind of baffled me, which is when as it transitions from scene to scene, right? Like let's say you, you're getting into the the Batmobile. Seems like that would be a good uh, good time to have you as Batman sit in the Batmobile, maybe have a little driving segment or something, but the screen just goes to black and it plays audio of like the Batmobile driving. And then sometimes it plays audio of like fights. And then you just kind of, it fades in to the aftermath of, and it's like, I would have kind of liked to see that. (laughs) I don't know why they didn't do it, but uh, yeah, it's definitely, um, feels like an early VR, uh, game, especially comparison stuff like Astro Bot, which I played just beforehand yeah. it's like this this really great vr experience arkham vr is definitely very bare bones in, compar- in comparison it's bare bones compared to the other arkham games as well in terms of those games are quite ambitious and 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 creative and and, and cool and they're, they're full of little surprises and this thing really isn't you know so i don't know if i'm gonna play arkham knight to be honest um if you, I mean, if you thought, if you thought, if you felt it was a downgrade from Asylum to City, which I feel like 
a lot of, I think there's actually quite a lot of debate about that. I think people lo- love them both. I think I kind of do err on the side of people who prefer Asylum. I think that, that tight experience in that one location is just unbeatable. Yeah. Um, but City, I mean, City was incredibly well regarded at, at the time it came out, and there was a lot of debate about which is better. I feel like Night is kind of the, it's still great. Like City, it still has, the, it's still got that craftsmanship to it. Like it's not bad or anything, but I feel like most people agree it's the weakest one. Yeah. Um, it is gorgeous to look at, and it is even if the overall experience isn't as fun as you would like. They do have you know a full Gotham, and you can ride around it in in the Batmobile, and that is cool. It is it is mm. it is very cool. But um, the Batmobile segments are pretty divisive. Some people really don't like them. Uh, the the other the other mechanics are again kind of more of the same. And I found the. St- the story has a solid ending, but it is mostly very unfulfilling with, with swerves that you, like me, as someone who has just seen a, a, a decent whack of Batman movies over the years and would have a, a passing knowledge of, of some of the characters and lore, there are twists in that that you'll see coming a mile away. Mm. Uh, it's... I don't know. I don't know. Like, it's not... Like I said, it's not any kind of terrible game. If you can get it cheap enough, maybe give it a go. But... Um, yeah, it's you know, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's it's it, it, it's a downgrade from, from even City, so I, I don't know that you'll get yeah. much out of it. Oh well, um, yeah. As I said, the thing about Asylum that kind of works the most is, as you said, the one location. It, it definitely has kind of a feeling of claustrophobia as you're like trapped. It's, it's almost the same reason that the raid works and the raid two doesn't work. <laughs> but we won't get onto that topic. Oh. Um, Speaking of uh, Red Dead Redemption, I um, and we were. I finally started Red Dead Redemption two this week. Yeah. Um, I only got half an hour, forty five minutes or so into it, because then Pokemon arrived, and then that's taken up all my video game playing time since then. So this this is no more than an initial, you know, thoughts. This is by no means a review. Okay. But um, I. My immediate reaction is that I I am in on kind of how cinematic it is, and even within that first hour, storytelling wise, very strong. I like the interaction between the the different characters. I like the way the mission was kind of structured, um, and at the same time, within those forty five minutes, I found things that make me understand people's kind of complaints about it. Um, typified for me in one moment where I don't think it spoils anything to say you go into a house <laughs> very early on and um, and your hat gets knocked off and I, I think my hat's been knocked off about five times in the first 45 minutes. yeah get used to that uh, so I went over to the hat on the floor and a uh, little icon popped up uh, I think you have to hold square to pick up your hat I was like okay bloop uh, and then there was a gun on the floor, and I walked over to it. Hold L1 to pick up gun. I'm like, why is it two different buttons to pick up things off the floor? This game is stupid. Especially since L1 is your equip weapon <laughs> button. So, uh, there's get, get used to this. Get used to this kind of thing. It's like, oh, man. And also, like, like yourself, when I, when I was playing that intro, and, like, this intro, by the way, you're, you know... The, the crew in the mountains trying to get their way out that is genuinely that is like two and a half hours long like that yeah, is, i've only like, done the first two parts of it i think there's like it is six like parts long, to the chapter yeah 
it is the longest goddamn prologue, and it is just the prologue. I mean, there's no actual open world; yeah. it's all tutorial. You'll still you'll still be tutorialized after you get out of there, but that that's the 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 most tutorial. It is the longest fucking prologue I've ever played in a game. But um, like I, when I was in that save and I was like, okay, this is great. All the animations are gorgeous, so intricate. Yeah. I love it. But man, like twenty odd hours in, when it's like, God, I, I wish I could skip this fucking. Not even just the skinning. That's the example everyone uses. But like the looting animation, like like you know yeah. when you want to pick ammo off a guy, you shoot every single time. Arthur's bending over, picking the guy up, putting his hand in his pocket, putting the corpse back down. Every time you do that, he fucking holsters his gun for some reason. Even though if you might be in the middle of a shootout, like all these little things, they do build up. But I'm, I'm interested to see what you, yeah. you, you make. No, I mean my initial impressions are very good. Um, yeah. Uh, so I had that. And then there was another another one. I, I, like as you say, this is kind of typified, you know, typical of the game. I had another one where you're riding the horses, and it's like okay to to speed up, tap X, and I'm like okay, and it's like to to ride alongside your friend, tap X, and then hold X. I'm like, All right, and then to slow down your horse, R one. And I'm like, just give me a go fast button. That's all I need. I can go alongside yeah. of myself. Game. Oh. So, yeah, control-wise, I already see... In the short window I've played, I already see what people are talking about, that it's, it's overly complex. Um, but I think, so far, I can forgive it because I, I'm really enjoying the, the, the experience of the, the story and the characters already. And it's kind of grabbed me real early, which um, the other Rockstar games that I never really got on with uh, I don't think they ever really did that. I, I never really can, and that's why I never played the games for more than like ten hours. Is I, I never really got on with the characters or the stories, especially the Grand Theft Auto. I just thought was kind of <laughs> kind of boring, especially because Grand Theft Auto is supposed to be a game about like excess and craziness. I yeah. just found them kind of re- you know, redundant. But I'm I'm liking Red Dead Redemption. Definitely gives me vibes of like uh, you know uh, Hateful Eight and stuff like that. So yeah enjoying it so far uh, more to come there that's still my kind of once i, I I'll, I'll be pokemon in like a week red dead redemption still will be like my primary game uh speaking of pokemon let's go playing that at the moment um has a few little problems similar to uh red dead redemption right okay. in that a lot of the move animations take forever so i've got a little um ivysaur right who has Leech Seed. Leech Seed is a move that will like sap energy from your enemy and give you a little HP boost, right? So very, very useful move that I do in almost all my toughest battles. Uh, but the animation for Leech Seed every turn takes about 10 seconds. And I'm like, this is too slow. But I don't want to turn off the animations because then the game just becomes like a, a plain, pointless experience. Like you, like, you like to see the animations happen for all the other moves. But uh, God, that leech seed animation nearly makes me want to just not use it. Um, so Pokemon Let's Go, I'm very much enjoying it. It's, it's like Assassin's Creed Odyssey. It's very easy to just pick it up and play for hours and hours and hours. Um, but I, I'm in two minds about it as, number one, I understand it's not like the new mainline Pokemon game. It is the first one on the Switch. And of course, graphically is, is a step up from previous games. But... It's amazing, still amazing to me how little Pokemon has progressed since the first generation. And uh, to me, there's like no excuse for it. Like, even though it's graphically quite nice to look at, it still fits itself in the framework of being 
essentially a 2D game in terms of it, it's isometric and it's just like set in grids. So this town is this like big square with a house here, two houses here, a Pokemon Center here, and a gym here. And there's no like verticality to any of the <laughs> any of the areas. And it's like Pokemon games have been coming out for 20 years at this stage. The first one was on the Game Boy. That's why it had to be so basic. There's no reason that you know we couldn't make this, which is essentially like the the third remake of the original Pokemon games, and kind of tweak some th- things and make the the areas look a little bit more 2018, 2019, and and some of the some of the characters even have like the same dialogue from 20 years ago, and it's like, can we change some things and make this a new experience? Um, which they don't, unfortunately, but um, still still a Pokemon game uh, at its core. They they've made a lot of. Um, quality of life improvements which i very much appreciate like uh cut is now not a hm that takes up one of your move slots um and yeah the gyms the gyms are a little bit different and uh i'm sure there's other ones that i'm forgetting now um oh yeah there's you know there's no like go to the pc to change out your pokemon you just have access to all of your pokemon now at all times and you can switch them into your party switch them out on the fly which is much better. Um, so yeah, I'm enjoying it, but I think I'm kind of playing it as a mid-step to see, okay, well, where are we going then with the next generation? And I would like them to be a bit more ambitious, like they were with you know Breath of the Wild, whatever way you feel about that. Like they were with Mario Odyssey, not necessarily to reinvent the wheel, but just to to take a risk and to try something a little bit more ambitious than stick to the same formula again for the eighth generation in a row, when like. It was that way originally because of the limitations of the hardware when it was made. Like, the Pokemon go... Because that's the only fucking noise a Game Boy could make. They shouldn't still sound like that on a Switch. This is ridiculous. Um, But it's also, like, it's this weird kind of Nintendo-wide obsession with um, homage and hearkening back to things from the past, you know? I know, but it's like, eventually. Like, I'm, sure they to... think, I'm sure they think it's part of the charm that it that it does. I'm not saying I think that's no. right, but that's probably what they. Think. Um, yeah, I. I mean, I didn't get this because because well, almost exactly for the reasons you said. Mm. Um, I feel like I kind of I kind of grew out of Pokemon, but I would I would pick a new one up if I heard it was this great, this excellent game that kind of um, uh, did some new stuff, but like. I, I hope that the the next one they're making that's a fully fledged new game on Switch. Um, I hope they I hope they've got some fresh ideas for it. That's not just okay AAA graphics uh, and the same formula. You know. Yeah, I mean, for for all intents and purposes, Pokemon is is a quote unquote open world game, but it's it's really linear and it always has been quite linear. And I would like you know it to be a little bit more open. Um, have the areas be a little bit more complex in terms of their layout, not to just be these, like I said, simple grids. Um, I don't think graphically Pokemon needs to be an excellent looking game necessarily, but yeah, I'd just like there to be a little bit more like, have quests, for example. Pokemon has never had quests. (laughs) Have some side quests that you can do that aren't just like, do you have a Magikarp? Do you want to have Marshlowpoke? <laughs> like, well, give me something with a bit of substance that I can do outside of the classic Pokemon framework. Make it just do something with it. Do something else. Magikarp having an existential crisis. Take him to his son's grave. 
but I mean, at the same time, I sound very negative on it. But it's it's Pokemon, and and I've al- I've always enjoyed Pokemon. Um, the last one that I played uh, was Alpha Sapphire on the 3DS. I f- I finished the Pokedex of however many seven hundred odd characters. Played it played it for a hundred hours. So what? Moon. Oh, did I play? Was Moon after Alpha Sapphire or before? No, after. Okay, I don't remember. Anyway. Um, and then you played Heart Gold. And then Heart Gold. Okay, well, that was kind of a side step. Um, so I do enjoy it. Uh, like I say, I'm, I'm playing it over Red Dead Redemption and Smash Bros., which are two games that I thoroughly enjoy also. Um, but I think having played so many Pokemon games, it's, it's natural to want something a little different in the end. No, I just want the same. Give me a different story. No, you can't have the same. Uh, Give and me then, a different story, thank you. And then Smash Bros. Um, I'm still playing live Smash Bros. Barry, do you want to guess how many spirits I have? 900. No, I don't have 900. 650. No, I have about 550. Okay. Which, uh, not too far. 650 would be nice. Maybe by next week I'll have that if I've beaten Pokemon. But yeah, still playing Smash Bros. I have... Um, I can go fight the final boss now, uh, whatever his name is, Gwillem, or the the wings with a that a ball in the middle, or whatever the fuck it is. That great character design that's really good. <laughs> that iconic uh, enemy. Thing. Almost, almost as good as Hand. <laughs> well, Hand at least is like a, a, a thing that is known as being the Smash Bros. boss, you know, ever since the first one. Um, yeah, it's like it's like one thing. It was like, well, we we did this, and it was kind of shit twenty years ago, but now it's kitsch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, uh, but that was like my train game that I would play on the way in and on the way out of work. But now I have Pokemon, so I'll just play Pokemon instead. But yeah, like I said, I locked all the characters in Smash Bros. So I'm just doing um, World of Light, which I'm almost gonna have finished and uh and doing spirit board that's kind of my life now i've done a f- i did a few of the um what's it called classic mode i beat that like three or four times and i quite like mm. that i like that every character has their own like, path like and their own boss but um uh i am also getting to the stage now where i am quite getting quite good at it so the challenge has kind of worn away a tiny bit um i'll need to maybe bump it up to hard mode but uh still enjoying yeah. it yeah Still enjoying it. So that's all the games uh, I played. I, play, I played some Smash Bros. last night. Um, oh, yeah, I had some pals over. It is, it is a good. Um, I mean, it's just it is a great local multiplayer thing. Um, yeah. We played it sober. We played it with a few drinks. It's it's you know it's 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 a great party game. Um, but the more I play it, the more I just like like it, I think it's a great party game because you're playing it and you're playing as all these characters and all the magic's happening. You're throwing pokeballs at each other. The stage is freaking out and all this other stuff yeah. and it's great but like i feel i just don't enjoy it as a fighting game quote unquote i just don't feel like it's satisfying or responsive in a way i like i feel like i mean i would never be as i just said i like the craziness of it i would never be one of those tournament losers who turns all the fun shit off and plays it as a thing you know one 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 but at the same time, I also feel like so often I'm like I don't even know what's happening on this goddamn screen. Like I, you know, I, I, I you know, and and I've already talked about how my frustrations with World of Light and stuff like that. I mean, it's to me, this is like something I only play socially in a in a in a party environment. And and to that end, 
I, I don't know how this is like one of the highest rated games of last year because it's it's just not satisfying. So I really don't enjoy playing it on my own. I mean, that's one thing mm. I've, like I said, the mechanical and then gameplay frustrations. I mean, I just don't think it's that great. And it's like, considering I, I have other great local multiplayer couch uh, party games that are like 20 quid. Um, you know, I, I don't, I, and I, I got this discounted, but I'm just like, you know, I, I don't know that it's this, this great, uh, you know, full price experience. Although it is, I mean, it is chocked full of content. I will say that much. I mean, you mentioned the classic mode. Everyone has their own unique, um, uh, 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 tournament to run through, which is very nice. But yeah, I, I just don't really like it. And so after we played that for a while, we played some Mario party and let me tell you, I've played three games of super Mario party now, and that's a really fun game. Mm. Um, it has all the failings of a Mario Party. Obviously, it's like a lot of them, some of the mini games suck, and there's a bizarre random element to it that makes it feel like bullshit at a lot of times. But I mean, at the same time, that also plays into the social aspect. I mean, if 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 you know random, if randomness and and ru- and rubber banding of of the scoreboards um, can at times just make it uh, uh, even more fun. But yeah, I mean, so I think. I think the Switch is still a great local multiplayer device, if nothing else. I think I think the suite of games it has mm. um, uh, is really fantastic. Well, I'm um, the opposite. I actually like playing it more on my own, in just really? kind of a yeah, in just kind of a like a check checkbox way. Like I just like getting new um, spirits, and yeah, I don't know, that satisfies me in that way. I like it in multiplayer as well, of course, but mm. um, uh, different, I, uh, different strokes, I suppose. Different strokes, yeah. Although uh, I also am playing Red Dead Redemption Two, I forgot to mention. Yeah. I'm trying to get it finished. Um, I'm really satisfied with, with where the story is at, and I won't, I won't say too much else, obviously. But um, uh, if you are if you are enjoying those characters and that early conceit of everything that's going on, I, I I'm not finished yet, but I think the I think the it's um it's re- it's really making good on some of the promises it has early on, which is very good to see. I think it's probably the most satisfying and well-rounded story they've told mm. uh, so far. So that's good. Speaking of stories. Let's talk a little bit about movie golf, gentlemen. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I've seen some movies. Who else has seen some movies? I've seen a couple of movies. Go on, Joe. Tell us about the movies you've seen. Um, only one kind of new... Well, actually, a couple of new movies. So I watched um, a movie called The Pelican Brief, which is quite an oh, old I, one. Is that based um, on the Roald Dahl book, The Draft, The Pelican Brief? Yes, it is, actually. But they went in a slightly different direction. Okay. Um it stars Julia Roberts and your man Denzel Washington. And um, what happens? Oh, Julia Roberts like stumbles upon some kind of conspiracy. She's like a law student or something. And then the people behind the conspiracy find her uh, like theory about it. And then they try and kill her or something. And then, yeah, it's good. It's fine. <laughs> Do you know what it sounds exactly season. like to me? That, um, that movie Witness with Harrison Ford. Do you remember that? Do you see that? Uh, I don't know if I've seen that. I don't think I've seen Witness. Yeah, probably, it's kind of a. Yeah, actually, was that um, Witness with Harrison Ford? That wasn't John Grisham as well, was it? Because this is a no, John. No, 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 it's not. That's not. No, okay, but it's that kind of typical John Grisham thriller. Mm. You know, people hiding in hotel rooms and things like that. But yeah, it was fine. Um, we also watched uh, Kramer versus Kramer. The um, 1979 Academy Award winning the, f- uh, the, Fraser, the Fraser film what? Uh, scrambled eggs ham what is it? <laughs> <laughs> what? 
if you're gonna make a joke like that, why would you make a Seinfeld joke? Why don't you make a Fraser joke? Is Kramer enough from Fraser? Was he Seinfeld? Kramer. <laughs> what the fuck? Jesus Christ. But, I mean, why did you say? Oh, is that a movie about him trying to reconcile the fact that he was a racist that time? <laughs> that would have been a good joke. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Thanks very much. It would have been. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Sorry, Joe. Anyway. There's uh, Dustin Hoffman and Meryl Streep as two parents who uh, break up. Meryl Streep leaves Dustin Hoffman with, to look after their son. Anyway, brilliant, brilliant movie. If you've never seen it, you should definitely watch it. It's got probably one of the best screenplays um, you'll ever see. Two absolute fantastic performances from two great, great actors in their prime. And uh, yeah, really, really brilliant movie. And it's only 100 minutes long. Ooh. So, you know. Not everything has to be three hours. Write, no. write that one down. On my definitely, list. definitely, definitely watch that. Mm, that was good. Um, and then also watched um, a John Le Carre adapted movie called Archive of Traitor, starring Ewan McGregor and uh, Naomi. Naomi Harris and Stellan Skarsgård and some other people. Yeah, it was it was all right. It's a kind of spy thriller sort of, but it, it wasn't brilliant. Uh, not not so many kind of twists and turns. Characters don't you know get a whole lot of kind of insight into them or their motivation. So it was fine. Wouldn't go out of my way to watch it again. So kind of thumb, thumbs in the middle. What's your favorite John Le Carre adaptation, Joe? Oh god, so many. I mean, um, I've seen two. I mean, uh, I think I only, apart from that one, I've only seen Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, the movie, yeah, the, more, the recent one, and then the Little Drummer Girl uh, TV series. Okay, I enjoyed both. I maybe go slightly for Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, just because it had yeah. so many good performances in it. Yeah, that's a hell of a film. I give you that. I saw uh, a, a Most Wanted Man as well, which is one of the last Philip Seymour Hoffman films. Was that? Uh, yeah, I haven't seen that. Tinker Taylor is uh, is great. Yeah, I would like to go back and watch the original uh, kind of TV series adaptation with Alec Guinness as well. Yes, so that was very good. But I haven't, I haven't seen that yet. Um. Yeah, that's all the movies I've seen this week. I was thinking about going to see the front runner, the new Hugh Jackman film. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, good. But then, yeah, it looks pretty good. But then it got a, a bit of a lukewarm review for it, and I was like, "Yeah, should I just wait until it's on now TV? Maybe I will. I don't know. Possibly." But, uh, yeah, it's my movies for the week. Alrighty, um, I saw a movie, a new movie, a new released movie, uh, my first of 2019. I saw The Upside with um, Brian Cranston and Kevin Hart. Uh, I can't remember the last time I actually watched a Kevin Hart film. They all look so thoroughly unwatchable. Um, uh, but it's a. It's, <laughs> what is that music? That, that's the sound that plays in my head when I watch trailers for Kevin Hart movies. <laughs> Um, but uh, it's uh, it's about it's a, I think it's a remake of a French film, which is based on a true story. It's about this uh, bill, uh, billionaire who is a, a paraplegic. He needs a life assistant, 
um, a a man on parole who's kind of just going about town, just like half-heartedly applying for jobs so he can get his signatures so he doesn't get in trouble for his parole, uh, kind of stumbles into the interview and uh, his his lack of pretentiousness and his frankness gets him the job, even though he's completely unqualified. And the wacky adventures uh, that the, the two of them go on there, they're from two different worlds, folks. Um, uh, and yet they get along. Maybe there's a maybe there's a lesson in there that we can all learn. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's okay. I I, I kind of went in with, with pretty low expectations. Um, uh, it's funny enough, and it's um, the the characters hit just enough that it's fine it's pretty saccharine it's pretty cheesy you could probably guess the vast majority of the of the story beats um and while some of the jokes are 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 pretty funny it's also it's like it's splitting the difference between between being a sort of twee indie comedy and also being just a regular kevin hart comedy if you know what i mean like it's like some scenes feel like they're kind of ripped out of a regular very badly reviewed like blockbuster comedy that he's in um and some of them feel like they're actually a bit more cleverly uh, uh constructed so it, it is it is a bit kind of all over the shop tonally but i think it just about works on the whole um uh, so it's it's okay I, I i would recommend watching it it's it's um it's it's not any kind of uh, disaster but it's not great and i think i think i think uh cranston is obviously great you know he's, he's cranston uh kevin hart is okay um again like i said it's probably one of my you know I guess my favorite films he's been in. Uh, I don't think he has a super bright future as a more serious actor. I, I don't think so, but I think he does just well enough in this. Mm. Um, so yeah, it, it, you know, I, I went three stars on that on the old letterbox. So I wonder if yeah. the mixed kind of tone of it is because it's like it, it's a remake of a French film mm. called the The Untouchables, and I wonder if it was like a mishmash of the established kind of. Uh, plot and so on that had to be a- uh, adapted from the original screenplay yeah. with Kevin Hart kind of comedy mushed into it you know I don't know how much of a input he had on, on that kind of stuff but that might be <laughs> why it's a little bit up and down or a little bit all over the place um, it's alright not any kind of must see but it's alright um, and the only other film I saw uh, was I went and I re-saw just before it leaves theaters, I saw Into the Spider-Verse again. Um, and that reaffirmed to me that that is one of the best films of last year. I absolutely loved it again. And I'll almost almost assuredly buy the Blu-ray when it's out. Uh, and oh, watch yeah. it. It's, oh, God, it's great. God, it's great. It's so, so great. Um, uh, just, just like, even knowing what happened, just seeing it all again, I was like, oh, oh yeah, this really is good, isn't it? This is really good. Um, yeah. So that's uh, that's my movie up there for this week. I only saw one movie this week, mm-hmm. and it was <laughs> the uh, the aforementioned Spider Man into the Spider Verse. I yeah, I went in not knowing what what really to expect. I'd only kind of fleetingly seen um, trailers for it. Obviously, I knew kind of all the different versions of Spider Man end up in this one universe at some point, but that was really all I knew going into it. And I'd heard that it was extremely good. But I, I, I didn't really hear much in-depth in the way of review in terms of why people liked it or anything like that. So I certainly didn't really expect the kind of visual treat that I got watching it. Um, I did go the full 10 on it. 
Oh! We'll start out with the, the old score there. Um, slotting into my 2018 best of list at number two. Oh! I did kind of go back and forth while watching it going like, am I enjoying this more than Coco? I might be. Um, but I think for for myself, Coco just had, like, a, like a, we, I mentioned in our best of show last week, just that kind of emotional resonance on a personal level with me. I, I don't think Spider-Man really had that, but Christ, on a technical level, just looking at this film, I was like, this is one of the best looking films I've seen in a long time. Um, Every <laughs> snippet they showed of uh, Gwen Stacy in her universe, I was like, "Oh God, I want this to be its own film or TV show or something." It kind of, kind of like, um, uh, like uh, kind of dripping, kind of paints uh, mm. uh, landscapes of her of her world. Just so amazing looking. It was crazy. It was um, certainly, like I said, one of the best looking movies in a long time. I thought it was full of, like, heart. Uh, they, they totally got every character nailed on perfect. Um, it was funny. The plot was interesting. The performances across the board were great. Um, the twists and turns were unpredictable and satisfying. Uh, and even towards the end, where I kind of thought, okay, this is maybe a little bit um, typical of superhero movies that did, you know, building to that, that final climax in a very kind of normal way but even that final climax was done in a really unique satisfying way so i was like well that kind of ticked the box for me um i would liken it to uh, a film that i'm sure neither of you guys have seen called summer wars which is a, a japanese animated film and it was quite close visually to that in some of the scenes and that was my kind of my previous like oh my god this animated film is so good looking and now Spider-Man will kind of be my my example of that. Um, fuck yeah, it was just, it was so good. It was so good. Natty came out of it going like, that's one of the best movies I've ever seen. And I was like, well, I can't really argue with you too much on that. Um, what a good year 2018 was, by the way, for animated films. Of my top 10, five of them were animated films. Which is crazy. Um, I still eat Coco. Coco. Uh, Isle of Dogs, The Breadwinner, uh, this, and what was the other one? Uh, uh, Mirai. Oh, all great. All great. Um, so yeah, I, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Just to echo what everyone has already said. Um, one of the best movies of last year. Yeah, brilliant. Mm. Brilliant, and certainly the best Spider-Man film by a considerable distance. Uh, is that your only film, so? That's my only film. Although, just for a little bit of uh, life guff, and not a happy life guff necessarily, as we were walking to the cinema uh, on the corner of kind of Jervis Street and Parnell Street, we saw a lad slumped by Smith's Toy Store there. Um, pretty certain he was dead. Uh, an, a- an ambulance an ambulance was there and there were people attending to him, but he had, he was kind of already gray would you say greeny gray he was he was very he was un- going green yeah so that kind of put a little dampener on the day you know not for me honestly not for you no. i was a little bit like oh, that, <laughs> what mm. telling us this well, yeah. uh, did you oh, I, I, I mean i nearly half star off spider verse put a damper on my day yeah. was the day i had to 
be in that vet clinic when they had to put down that beautiful boxer dog for no abs- for absolutely no fucking reason. That crushed me. I did I did think it was strange when you spat at him as we walked past. I didn't spit. <laughs> God. And then I threw a little coin at him. I was like, here you You're go. So evil. <laughs> anyway, sorry about that. Um So that was uh that was the only film anyway, Spider Man, yeah, it was great. Fair enough. So we've we've all done our our, our guff. Um, yeah. By the way, just yeah. just before we move on, just before we move on, um, a couple of very good trailers out that I just want because we're we're going into 2019. I want to talk about two movies that I'm really excited to see. One of them, I'm sure everybody has already seen the trailer. The other one, people might not have. So I want to give a shout out that it's out and people should check it out. Um, of course, the follow up to Get Out, the new Jordan Peele film. Oh, yes. oh. trailer! Oh my god. Us, my God. Uh, I'm so, so excited to see that film. One of the best trailers I've seen in a long, long time. Fucking years. Just. Probably since Get Out, probably. (laughs) That was a great trailer as well. Oh, I'm so, so excited for that. Just an incredibly made trailer. I'm really, really impressed with Jordan Peele that that someone who was ostensibly like a comedy writer, uh, although I understand that kind of key and peel has elements of kind of you know cinematicness to them um yeah just that with get out just nailed it so perfectly on like a, a directorial level like this the scene with the sunken place i was watching like this is fucking amazing this is like someone at the height of their like the best director would do and this lad's doing it in his first fucking film and then the trailer for us came out i was like oh this is like this is this is maybe better than get out i can't believe it so i'm really excited to see that uh have you guys also seen the trailer for velvet chainsaw or excuse me velvet buzzsaw i already got the name of the movie wrong uh that seemed like one that i was kind of avoiding because i was like this will probably be huge when it comes out because people yeah i saw a lot talking about it velvet buzzsaw is for those who don't know the follow-up uh the same director who did nightcrawler okay stars jake gyllenhaal and John okay. Uh looks very, very good. So keep an eye out for That's Velvet Buzzsaw as well, okay? That sounds like a great recipe, to be fair. If if um, saying that alone gets you on board, maybe then don't even watch the, the trailer. Just go in kind of blank to it. Yeah, but, uh, that, that, that's, yeah. When I heard Nightcrawler and Jake Gyllenhaal, and yeah, I'm, I'm there. <laughs> I will go see that film. Right, so that's yeah. movie guff. That's movie guff. Uh, did you see the trailer for Polar? No. Which is the uh, Mads Mikkelsen Netflix film. Right. It just looks like, it looks I, like I saw a still from it. I haven't seen a... It's some absolutely mad, like, trippy spy film. It looks fucking great. Okay. Um, that's out this month, anyway. Um, and there was a trailer for Punisher Season 2. Which, oh, oh, I got fired up just watching it. Velvet like, Buzzsaw, yes. by the way, I believe is also going to be a Netflix film. So you will be able to see it on Netflix when it comes out. Um, yeah, so I'm yeah, good, good, good month of stuff lined up on Netflix this month with, uh, with Polar and, and Punisher. Um, all right, we'll jump in here to the predictions, the highlight Woo-hoo! of everyone's year. Okay. Uh, we're gonna find out who is a prognosticator. I'll get the old scoreboard open here. Right. Yeah, you do the tracking over there um, uh, on the the scores. So as mentioned, Paul won last year. He, Defending champion. Listening back to last to to uh, 
Uh, I actually, I also listened back to the uh, yeah the us reading the the results from the previous year again, and uh, it was close enough. I think you know I I was uh, uh, ahead of Joe by one. I think Paul was ahead of us by like two. You know, it was I think it was a decent offering across the board. Um, and as I was taking note of the results here, I think this is also a. Uh, um, uh, I think we did a decent job here. I've not taken the scores or anything like that just yet. Um, we'll do that as we go. So let's just jump in here straight out, straight away. With, so this is the predictions we made, okay, uh, for the year of 2018, and we made these on, I believe, the second or third show of 20 of uh, 2018, much like we're doing now in 2019. So these are great, by the way, because they're always either amazingly accurate or hilariously wrong. So. I'm, I'm, I always look, this is maybe my favorite show of the year that we do, is the prediction show. Oh. Question number one, and I, I come up with questions every year, yeah. um, uh, so let's go. Question number one, who will win the Men's Royal Rumble? Okay. I said Roman Reigns, Joe, who won the said Braun, Braun, Joe said Braun Strowman, Paul said Shinsuke Nakamura, <sighs> which would be the correct answer. Oh, and there we go. Paul so certain that he was going to be wrong. He was so tentatively making that selection. <laughs> um, uh, but he uh, he was correct. So one point to Paul and Paul alone there uh, on that. Good start. I win. Question. question number two. Who will win the first ever Women's Royal Rumble of 2018? Barry said Becky Lynch. Goose egg for there. Joe said Sasha Banks. Nothing again. Paul said Asuka. <laughs> oh, look at that. And similarly, he said, well, there's no way they're going to have two Japanese winners. Uh, but they did. Um, so there you go. So uh, two nothing to Paul right out of the gate. Uh, so Tremendous. this next question, uh, two points on the line Okay. In this next question. Okay. Uh, one surprise entered for each Royal Rumble. So obviously we had two Royal Rumbles last year. So uh, myself, I said Michelle McCool and Ricochet. So I would get one point for that. Michelle McCool was in her Rumble. Ricochet was not in the men's Rumble. Okay. Uh, Joe said Molly Holly and EC3. Uh, so again, one point to Joe for that. Paul said Lita and Batista. So again, Paul will get one point. So we all got the women's uh, predictions spot on. Uh, none of us got the men right. So uh, one point to each of us there for that one. Okay, very good. The WWE Hall of Fame 2018 headliner. We all said Goldberg. We were all in fact correct, of course. Goldberg. That was a that was a that was an easy one. That was a slam dunk. Okay. So uh, another one point there across the board. So I think it's uh, me and Joe are on two. Paul should be on four at this point. That's correct. Next question. One person, one person, or one act, rather, I believe is what we what we, we said. One act that will debut on either the Raw or SmackDown after WrestleMania. Uh, I said the iconic duo, which is correct. Okay. Joe said the authors of Pain, which is correct. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Paul said Eric Young. <sighs> I don't think it's correct, That's is it? Not correct. Oh. He, there was yes advertising them a week after the WrestleMania weekend shows. So that was a okay. points for me and Joe, no point for Paul on that one. Close. 
the men's Money in the Bank winner. We just did the men's last year. I said The Miz. Joe said Bray Wyatt. Paul said Braun Strowman. That's another W for Paul. Uh, he's, he's, he's galloping away with the, the, the reigning defending champion. <laughs> Next question. Will Asuka be pinned or made submit this year? We all said yes. We all get a big, big tasty point uh, on that one. She didn't even make it to April, I believe. No, in April, she, she it submitted was to Charlotte. There you go. Uh, so, uh, next uh, question. Uh, we'll call this a we'll call this one point question because one of you did not give a two part answer uh, I said when sorry will Daniel Bryan wrestle this year and where that's what that's what um, uh, the question was uh, I said yes and I said WWE oh so very good Joe said yes but he said New Japan so <sighs> I don't know how, how you want to score that one because Paul just said no um, so the question was, will he wrestle? So I guess that's a perfectly fair answer, but like, is that two points or, do, or does Joe get a half point or how do you want to do that? I, mean, you, I think we can, I think point? we can give Joe a point and give you two. Cause I, oh. I think it is like, will he, will he wrestle? Yes or no. And where? So I, my answer was like, no and no. You, you had okay. yes in WWE and Joe had oh. yes in New Japan. I think that's fair. Fair yeah. enough. Okay, it's fine. Uh, let me see here. Uh, okay, next question. What will All In draw? So obviously we were recording this in January. They had announced All In for September. Uh, I said they would announce a sellout and they would end up with around 6,000. Uh, Joe said they would have 7,200. Paul said they would announce a sellout and have over 9,000. Uh, echoing a popular meme there. And I would have to say that is a, a win for Paul because they they did announce a sellout, but I was way off of my guess. They they got around the 10,000. I think they announced it as like a 10 and 500 or some shit like that. I have, I don't have the exact number in front of me, but they, they announced it as a sellout and a proper sellout. And, and there has been no... There has been no reports to the country that they did not sell out that building. Mm. Uh, so obviously, with with the, the with the with over nine thousand, I mean, Joe, Paul's basically hit a bang on there. So that's a point to him, and nothing to myself and Joe for that one. I would say. Mm. Uh, next question: Does CM Punk wrestle or have another fight, or have another MMA fight um, in in twenty eighteen? Uh, we all said no to wrestling and yes to fighting. Um, he fought this year, didn't he, or last year? Yeah, yeah. The, the, the Mike Jackson right fight here. is in like April or something. There you uh, go. Yeah, June. June. Okay. Alrighty. Uh, second to last question here. Uh, in 2018, does non WWE owned wrestling finally arrive on the network? Specifically mm-hmm. referring to your evolve and your progress, yeah. uh, etc. I said no. Joe said no. Paul said, yes. Oh, idiot. So, uh, so uh, that was... Uh, it's no. very close going into the last question here. Yeah, so last question here. Does the future 
mainstream news garnering sex scandal hit WWE this year. Obviously, we were recording this at the time that you know Hollywood was being rocked by all the Me Too stuff, and and obviously WWE has their their mm-hmm. chance, and so we we kind of chatted about what this would be uh, on on the show last year, and I kind of said like real big time uh, public scandal. I said no. Joe said no. Paul said yes. So I, there was there was none. I don't even I don't even think there was even much scuttlebutt really at all about it, um, uh, which is kind of surprising to me. I expected a little something, but uh, not not anything major. But yeah, so a point to me and Joe, and nothing for Paul there. And well, that I'm, I'm well. I mean, was Enzo Amore not last year? Uh, that was last year. But do you count that as a scandal for them? I mean, they fired him over it. Oh, I don't know. Actually, I, th- I think you're. I think you are actually right because I, I, when I listened back, we did we did specifically say uh, a scandal that would uh, uh, result in someone getting fired. I mean, maybe we can throw it op- open to the listeners. I yeah, you know what? I, I actually, I think you're right. I think we have to count that. I mean, it's, he was a he was accused of raping someone. I don't think that. I don't think it's a maybe. I think it's no. You're actually correct. And that was that was January. That was. Um, uh, Raw 25 and the lead up to Royal Rumble. Um, no, yeah, there, I, I actually completely forgot about that. Uh, so I, that, I think that would be a point for you on that one. Oh, that, that's, so that's, that's the last one. Final tally then. Um, Joe finishes with eight points, which is maybe a record year for him. Personal best. No bad. No bad. Yeah, boy. At the Barry Lad. Mm. Just pips him with nine. Oh, again, just one point. But still your predictions champion. And I tell you, Barry, that last question, I finish on ten points. Oh, we nearly had a dead heat. That was the swing question. Well, no, if if you had said that the Enzo case wouldn't count, you would have won. By, oh, by yeah. a okay. point, but uh, yeah. so I I finished on ten, so it's eight, nine, ten. So we all did very well this year. Yeah, that was that was that was a good effort by all of us. Uh, I think we did worse last year. Listening back to that show, um, I don't, I I think we didn't do as good. But yeah, well done, lads. Good efforts. I think everyone, you know, uh, good guesses. Paul they had a great year there. Uh, you can't wrong him at all. So um, so there you go. So that leads us to the next set of predictions. The predictions for 2019 so I, i've kind of tweaked these as i've gone every year taken out stuff that i don't think works uh you know uh i've ditched the money in the bank question because honestly it's like a, it's like pulling names out of a hat at this stage yeah. um uh you know so i've, I've tried to, to clean these up a little bit as best i can and also i want these questions to be a bit more reflective of the the ever-shifting state of of, of wrestling as we head into 2019 so but there are some questions there are some questions that are carrying over some i feel like questions. this is the least prepared i've been for the prediction game in a long time Okay, well, we'll start. We'll start off with a fairly straightforward one. I mean, I don't. I don't have a prediction for this. Um, I'm going to kind of be thinking on my feet here. But uh, the, the the solid first question here: Who will win the men's and women's Royal Rumbles? And if anyone wants to start, feel free to feel free to jump in. Um, I I'll say that I'll take Barry's pick from last year. I'll say that. Oh no, she's she's having a women's title match this year, isn't she? Oh oh, never mind. Um. 
was because I was going to say Becky Lynch, but I just remember that she's she's having the match with uh, with Oscar. Well, she could be in it. I mean, that's just precedent for that. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. Um, hmm. Hmm. I feel like most years I, I would already have kind of an inkling of some direction. Even without watching necessarily Raw or SmackDown. I think you can generally get a feel for the direction they're going in. Um, women's, 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 women's. I'll, okay, I'll say I'll say Becky Lynch. I'll say Becky Lynch anyway. Mm. And you have a men's pick. Um, let's see. Who are they kind of building around lately? Mm. I I'll say that it'll be someone like. I'll say I'll say Seth Rollins for the men's. Okay. Where are you, Joe? Um, for the women's, I'm going to go Charlotte. Okay. Um, and for the men's, also Seth Rollins. Okay. The Chairshot Podcast is unified oh. in their pick for the men's. I've also gone Seth Rollins on the men. Mm. For the women, I've gone Charlotte. Okay. Mm. Almost unanimous on the women as well. I think I think they will um they'll do the old uh uh brand switcheroo. Charlotte wins and she she uh I want a piece of Ronda Rousey's ass. Um uh I, and I think uh Becky loses to Asuka but via some other shenanigans finds her way into that match as well and they do a three-way that's what I'm thinking they do um, so yeah interesting I, I, I actually I'm actually you know I, I think the women's division in, in WWE I think they're actually the most kind of the most interesting thing going on at the moment and that's the most interesting thing heading into Mania season currently oh, yeah. so um, I really could not give less of a shite about the men's title matches I mean I, I assume Seth wins and they do Seth uh, Lesnar but Jesus who could care um, but uh, yeah okay this one, I don't think we've asked this before. Question number two here. Um, uh, so just to recap there, uh, we're all picking Seth Rollins. Myself and Joe are picking Charlotte, and Paul is picking Becky Lynch. Question two. Okay. Does The Undertaker wrestle at WrestleMania this year? That is a good question. Mm-mm-mm. And that could, it could be in any capacity if he does a five-minute match, a 30-second match, like whatever. Um, I'll go first here on this one because I let, I let one of you lads go first last time. I'm going to say no um, because I, 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 on top of all the other reasons, him being you know shite and breaking down and all this other stuff, um, I, I feel like there's no clear opponent for him. Um, and I don't think he's going to come out of the woodwork and hurt himself again to wrestle, you know, Jinder or something like some, some mid-level dork. I don't think they're going to do that. Um, now, he did after many years get a Twitter this year uh, just this week rather which makes me think okay 
they they must really want him to be pushing something. But I I just don't see the match, especially since um, Lars Sullivan is rumored to be facing Cena. Like Lars would have been my big guess for the Undertaker match, but um, that that came out this week, so I'm a no on that. I'm just looking at like I think he's wrestled on each of each of like each of the I think he's missed a year in a while. Undertaker. He's no, it's been a while. Rest of the 34, 33, 32, 31, 30, 29, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4. Was WrestleMania. Fuck. When was the last time he didn't wrestle at a WrestleMania? I thought he missed. I think it's been. I thought he missed the year recently, but I guess he didn't. No, he lost the after the streak. He came straight back for Wyatt. Yeah, and he's wrestled every year since. I think. Yeah. Yeah. No, he has. I'm pretty sure he has missed one before. He well, he missed one, you know, yonks ago, and yeah. before the streak was a thing. But I, th- I thought he maybe I'm thinking this, like Cena or something. But anyway, or anyway, I'll say, I'll say that he does not wrestle this year. Interesting. Okay, so no. I kind of my instinct is to say yes because you've both said no to gamble on a yes mm. but then I also the kind of rationale you're right there isn't an obvious person for him to wrestle um, just trying to think who could who could they put him up against I suppose they could go him like a, an AJ Styles maybe or Rob Daniel Bryan I'm going to go yes that's not mm-hmm. it I'm not, I'm not going to win next year unless I take a few risks. So, go with, That's the, go with the yes. A good attitude to have. Um, I mean, I came last this year, so fuck it. Not really. Yeah, fuck it. I like it. Joe's going all in here. So, uh, we are, myself and uh, Paul are saying no to Undertaker Wrestling at Mania. Joe is saying yes. So, there you go. Uh, question number three. Does anyone, quote-unquote, graduate from NXT UK to WWE proper? next year so you don't have to get two but does a uh, does a pete dunn or similar do they come to raw or smackdown as full-time stars this year and i'll let you let's go first i'm going to go very quickly pee while you answer this one okay i <sighs> joe i am going to say no on that one i think that you know i think the first years will be really important for them to build those UK guys as kind of the core of that brand, whether you consider that brand to be, you know, worthwhile or not, it's up to you, but I don't see them starting the year building so strong around Pete Dunne, for example, obviously we'll get onto the NXT UK talk later with, you know, what happened at the end of that show and then kind of just moving them to Raw. I mean, it seems like that would be a bit of a waste. I, I think they'll keep all those guys there for at least a year to really build that platform around before they start moving people up and outside of Pete Dunne and maybe Valter uh, I don't really see them wanting to move any of those guys to Raw or Smackdown necessarily mm-hmm. I don't know about your yourself I'm, I'm gonna agree with Paul and saying no, just because I don't think there are actually that many people on there who they'd want to put on the main roster. <laughs> no. Uh, apart from the only people, yeah, you've got Dan, you've got Mustache Mountain, and you've got Walter, but I think they'll keep them on UK for at least another 
another year. Another year at least. I don't know if, if you would consider 205 Live part, part of that necessarily, though, as being like brought up to the main roster. Like, Can I see them if, if I don't know, if Devlin, let's say, continues to have a, a great six months that he, he doesn't start doing some 205? Maybe, maybe. But I would say to Raw or SmackDown, certainly no. And I would even say not even to, aside from Pete Dunne, and maybe Mustache Mountain, who've been there before, I don't even think they'll have people show up to NXT proper. And in fact, Pete Dunne hasn't been on NXT since War Games that I've seen. So I don't know if Barry's back yet, but that's a no from me, and it's a no from Joe. Alrighty, yeah, I'm just back now. I will update there um, accordingly. Uh, I will also say no. I was going to do a Joe there and gamble on it, uh, but I think I, I think your points are all correct across the board. Um, yeah, and I, I don't count two or five as as proper. Okay. I'm, I'm specifically a SmackDown. Okay. No. Um, okay. Uh, next question is a carryover uh, from last year, which is kind of funny. It's like it sums up this story in general. So here it is. Do Progress and or ICW finally come to the network in 2019? <laughs> and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go first here, and I'm gonna say yes. Hmm. So when you say Progress ICW, you mean do any of the kind of? Uh, you can include Evolve. Uh, yeah, kind of last year's phrasing was any non-WWE-owned wrestling. I mean, however you choose to interpret that. I'll say yes as well. I'm going to go yes. Okay, so we're all yes on that. Yeah. This question will age well, I'm sure. I, I, think it's the, I think it's the time for them to start looking at broadening the kind of content on there. Like, they've already got a lot of the old stuff up now. Um, they have their new, their own new series with Edge and Christian and that, but in order to retain kind of maybe lapsed uh, subscribers, yeah, to have stuff like that evolve and um, the, the UK. I don't know necessarily if they rely too heavily on the UK content, but certainly stuff like evolve. Um, I don't know if they even have some. Maybe they seem to have quite a good relationship with like Ring of Honor. I don't know if they could get some content from there. But I'd say, yeah, they have some kind of content up there, yeah. Okay. Question five here. What kind of distribution do you reckon AEW will have? And by that, I mean, what do you think their TV deal will be? Do you think it'll just be, do you think it's just going to be 100% online? Do you think that they're going to have a cable deal? What do you like? Give me, give me. This is a very broad question, so obviously we'll be, we'll be having to kind of, uh, uh, you know, argue about who does and doesn't get the point here. But uh, what are you thinking? Where's their, where's their weekly show going to be? Are they going to be doing pay per views? Are they going to be doing quarterly pay per views? Are they going to, what are they going to be doing? Um, uh, as a, as an entity, uh, I'll go first here. Uh, I think they will. Um. I think they will get cable television of some variety. I'm not going to guess the station because I don't really know enough about the stations. And I think they will do... Mm, I think they will do three all-in-esque shows a year on top of that. So I think they'll do Impact-style, NXT-style tapings in 
you know, small, medium-sized venues, and then they'll do three of your all-in style shows a year. Um, and those will be uh, traditional pay-per-view and, yeah, traditional pay-per-view. Mm. This is a very nebulous question, I understand, but I was trying to, I was trying to work in some non-WWE stuff into mm-hmm. this. Um, I was I, I think they'll get some kind of cable TV deal. Um, not necessarily on a huge cable station, but they will get some kind of cable TV deal. Um, whether it will last, I don't know, but I think it will. They'll be on cable at some point. Um, in terms of pay per views, I don't know. I don't think they're going to set up any kind of like subscription service by the end of the year i think that'll be that'll be too soon um i think they'll i think they'll definitely do some kind of online or paid online or whatever you want to call that their online pay-per-view type thing like an eye pay-per-view mm-hmm. um that's that's as far as i'll go i think they'll do they'll do an event or they'll do two events and they'll both be uh, streamed online for, for pay. So online. Please. Do you have a number or no? You don't two. have to have one. Two. Okay. Two. And I, I'm, I'll just make a note here for mine. I'm saying traditional paper for online. What about you, Paul? Any ideas? Um... Well, in terms of the big shows, I'm going to say three as well. Um, Just because I know that Double or Nothing is like, uh, I think the end of May. Yeah, I think so. Uh, So I don't think they'll get four in from from then to the end of the year. But I'd say they get one in May, one maybe around the end of August, and then one like year closer. I can see Mm. that kind of plan happening. Um, and then in terms of TV in between, or let's say programming in between, um, I think they'll continue to have a very strong YouTube presence, as they do already. Um, and initially, I can see them kind of following a similar uh, structure to like what MLW have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good shout, yeah. Um and maybe yeah maybe maybe until the end of, yeah up until the end of the year i don't know cuz i know that of course they have some they have some big names behind the company money wise i don't know whether that would help them open any doors that maybe wouldn't be there for other similarly sized companies um But then I also know I don't know that they they have uh, the baggage of a, a lot of other companies like Impact who do have TV. So I'm sure yeah, yeah I'm sure they can find some station to 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 plop them on, um, while at the same time kind of keeping control of a lot of their own distribution channels and kind of okay. benefiting from that as well. Yeah. So so, so you, you want to do you think they'll have a TV show or not, or do you think they'll stick to streaming? I think uh, I think they will. I think they will. Okay. So they have a TV show. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so here we go. You got two picks here for this next question. Okay. Who 
anyone will jump from WWE to AEW. And I'll start. Two picks. I I will say um, I don't know. It's hard to tell who's content and who's not. Um, uh, I'm going to say Cesaro. Okay. And Mickey James. All right. Two, two very interesting picks there. Hmm. You said um, specifically from WWE, right? Not from somewhere else. Um. Uh, yeah, I'll say I'll say WWE because I think there will be a lot of movement. I, I that's the more interesting thing to me. And and yeah, uh, uh, yeah. So we'll say we'll stick to WWE for now. Okay. I'm gonna go with. Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows. That's what oh. I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. That's a good pick, though. <laughs> Hashtag heel. Okay. I will say um, Triple H <laughs> and John Cena. <laughs> no, um, I will say. Mm, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take two left field picks here. Alright. Maybe maybe they're not that left field. Um one of them isn't a wrestler per se yet, so you'll have to give me some leeway on this, right? I will say Grand Metalique. Good pick. And Paul Heyman. Heyman. Interesting. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Very good. Very good. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I think Grand, Grand Metalique is been talking somewhat openly about leaving WWE on Twitter, so so that's not a that's that's a good pick. Uh, okay, yeah, I think those, I think that's a very interesting spread of names we have there, and uh, hopefully some of those come to fruition. I would like to see I want to see some jumping. I want to see some people going back and forth here. That's what makes this interesting. Um, uh, now, this is not this next question here. This is not uh, something that's predicted to kick off this year. It's actually going to be next year, but. Uh, this is a fairly open question. Any XFL predictions at all for this next year? Whether that's folding, getting a TV deal, being delayed. However, any 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 predictions at all? I think I'm gonna I'm gonna start here. I I'm gonna say it will uh, announce a streaming partner that is not WWE Network. So streaming rather than television. Yeah, I was. How many guesses? How many predictions can we have? Is this unlimited? Can I do ten? Uh, uh, let's say two. Okay, two so far. Um, I was going to say they announced some kind of streaming platform. Okay. Um, whether that's their own a partnership with like Major League Baseball type thing or their own, mm-hmm. they'll announce we've got this stream. It's XFL Network, brother. Wow. Um, they'll announce that. Um, they'll also... Uh, 
trying to think what, what would Vince what kind of stupid shit would Vince do <laughs> <laughs> um, oh god um, hmm. I have one here I think Sorry, I, go, oh, go on. Sorry, no, no, go on. I was just still thinking. I'll say that they'll announce uh, a franchise which is not based in the USA. It'll be like the the London, uh, whatever. Swift stupid. The London apron spots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. And I'll say that they'll also announce that um, that if you have an existing WWE network subscription that you'll get the xfl network at a discounted price wow because no one will be fucking interested so they'll it'll be like the playstation classic deals out the wazoo in the first two months if it even happens um okay my second guess is they'll announce (laughs) this one's definitely not going to happen they will sign colin kaepernick to a contract <laughs> that's so gonna happen uh, of course you no know, i don't think it will oh my god for me you never know you never know it'll, oh it'll happen god. against the wishes of vince mcmahon oh that'd be yeah, so I think good. That was, uh, they need yeah. to have it well they need to have a name to kind of anchor it to exactly yeah but it'll okay, be it'll my... be like no it'll be like What's the fucking... We're gonna make him stand. We're gonna make him stand. We're signing him, but we're gonna make him stand. It's gonna be great. <laughs> they need a heel. Oh, <laughs> no, no, it'd be like fucking, um, like Dan Marino or something. It'd be like this in Simpsons when Mr. Burns is naming all the baseball players he wants, and they're all dead. <laughs> John Elway. Ah! I. My second prediction here, because my first one was just that they'd announce a service that's not WWE Network. My second one, women's division. Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> think about it. They're trying, to, they're trying to capitalize on what the NFL doesn't have. Uh, I, I think they don't have it. Is there a women's fucking national football league? I, maybe there is. I don't know. I've never, I've literally never heard anyone talk about it. It does exist. I mean, other than the well, lingerie the, yeah, football the, league. Yeah, the lingerie one. We'll we'll see. I I, I think again, if they want to get headlines, I think they they, they could do that. All right. Uh, and here's another classic question that we do most years: post WrestleMania call ups for either gender and either brand. You got two picks on this one again. No, sorry, so I have actually specifically. I don't know what I'm reading off. I'm specifically looking at the question here where I've said one pick. Pardon me. So one act that you feel will be on either the Raw after Mania or the SmackDown after Mania. If it's anything later than that, you don't get anything. We're talking specifically about those shows. Uh, I am going to say Shayna Baszler. It's mm, a good pick. Hmm. I will say Velveteen Dream. Hmm. 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 
Johnny Gargano. Okay. I was thinking Gargano, yeah. Do you know, we, we, we all say, like, Baszler, Dream, Gargano. Do you know who it's actually going to be? Like, fucking Gunner. Yeah, but I feel like the last few years they've done stuff like that, though, like the Iconics and stuff like that. Like, I think they're, I think we're kind of overdue a big, a big debut. Hmm. Uh, those are three big names. Um, yeah. I think, I think, and they're also, with the exception of Dream, I think there's a good chance he'll be called up. But the other two, I feel like they've kind of done everything they can do. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, so I think it's Baszler and, and Gargano's time, certainly. So those are three good picks, I think. All right. Yeah, this next one here, this is a, 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 a up to three. Okay, up wow. to three for the final question here. And it is simply this. Any additional predictions? Okay, let me get me thinking cap on here. I'm going to have to write these down. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> Sorry for the dead air here, folks. While we think of our last prediction, yeah. this is this is <laughs> fucking important. So let's. It's just a big screw the money. You yeah. can you can chop the 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 waiting times out here. No, no, they have to listen to it. <laughs> nah, fuck them. Um. Um, I think the British Bulldog goes into the WWE Hall of Fame. Because of uh, NXT UK. Yes, yeah. British thing in there. Um... Okay. Uh, My first one. Uh, I have my my three as well. Go on, Ben. I've only got one. We can do it. Um, we can do it. One, 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 one. Okay. Uh, New Japan will end their partnership with Ring of Honor, and they will partner up with AEW. Okay. Uh, Joe went for British Bulldog in the in the Hall of Fame, right? Uh, I've yeah. also I've, I've also gotten for a Hall of Fame prediction. Okay. And uh, we talked about it earlier a little bit. Will, will he wrestle? I'm going to say Undertaker in the Hall of Fame. Wow. Okay. Mm. Hey? No, he's not. Um, okay, uh, Joe, do you have a second? Um, I predict the main event of WrestleMania will be a women's match. Ooh, very good. I think, I think that's a pretty, pretty solid prediction. Yeah, yep. I'd say so. That's a good one. Well done. Um, I'm sticking with um, uh, another AEW prediction here. Uh, I think Kenny Omega will go to AEW. Um, I I think that's another solid prediction. <laughs> uh, you know, I think he's. I mean, he said he's he's leaving New Japan. Everyone thinks he's working the marks. He's actually going to be in New Japan. I think I think he will make appearances there. I think he's he is leaving. He's going to go with them. New Japan will pair up with AEW. Um, and I don't I don't think there's a chance he goes to WWE. Not not a remote chance he goes to WWE with with the lay of the land as it is I think he values I think he values his perception too much to go there um, so that's my prediction on them okay. uh, 
Paul, number two. Uh, my number two is despite what he has said, like with Kenny Omega, uh, despite what he himself has said, I'm going to say that uh, Walter will appear on a non NXT UK WWE show. On NXT. So he will appear. He will appear on a WWE show, which is not NXT UK. Okay. Interesting. 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 Might even just be a one-off, like a Royal Rumble appearance or something. But I think yeah. he'll be on a show. Fair enough. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'm just gonna uh, go back to Joe in just a second. I'm just gonna get out my last prediction then here because it kind of follows off that. I think by year end, Walter will not still be with WWE UK. Oh. Okay. I, um, so I, specifically, I not with it. not with UK. He will not be with WWE. I think he's. Gonna, okay. I think he's going to do a couple of big matches, and I think he'll be gone. I think I don't think he's going to want to stay around. That's the you know that's that's my prediction. That's a big one. That's a biggie. Uh, uh, you know, I, I when I when I say that, I don't think oh he's going to go to Raw. I think no, he's he'll he'll do like the next takeover. Probably maybe he'll probably do the next two takeovers, and then he might. I think he'll be gone. Okay. Um, uh, so that's my that's my prediction. So. Uh, uh, G, uh, Joe? Joe, last one here. Mm, see, I've got a couple I'm thinking of. I was thinking perhaps Nigel McGuinness returns for one more match. Mm. NXT. <laughs> you, you watched the documentary as well, I think. Yeah. <laughs> that might just be wishful, wishful thinking rather than a good prediction. I'm not sure. Uh, I was also thinking World of Sport does not return for a new series. I was actually uh, thinking as well, yeah. What should I go for? Should I be the optimist or the pessimist? <laughs> I go for World of Sport. World of Sport does not return to ITV this year. And yeah, so I've already given mine. So, uh, Paul, your last prediction there. My last one is quite similar to Joe's last one, but maybe a little bit on a bigger scale. Uh, Impact Wrestling folds. Ooh. Ow. I mean, that's a prediction a lot of people have made for a long time. I don't think we've made that prediction before. No, I think, especially with the way the landscape of wrestling is kind of changing, with AEW Uh. coming in, MLW... WWE expanding it just seems like that little niche that they used to fill is not there anymore for them. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it's, you know, and they got they just got that shitty new shoot channel. Yeah, like even less homes than pop, and they're they're like they <laughs> pursued obviously know that they ain't worth shit because Impact was able to negotiate the deal with like, can we please be on Twitch at the same time because this is embarrassing. Um, so impacts impacts the show. The weekly show is now airing as it happens on Twitch, um, which like like WWE would never be allowed to do that with Raw because their show is a hot enough commodity that you know mm-hmm. the, the, the the television entities haven't negotiated that they can't put that show online within thirty days uh, of it airing on television. Whereas impacts, I mean, yeah, they they are they've made some great creative decisions and they brought in so much great talent but they are just going in the opposite direction momentum wise I think that's actually a, a, I think a reasonable time to make that prediction uh, as cynical as it is uh, so that is it that is our, our prediction year uh, you know I think and I tried to reflect this with the questions I think there's a very interesting year ahead for uh, uh, wrestling in 2019 mm-hmm. um, so 
I'm I'm looking forward to um uh, uh, seeing how it all shakes out, and uh, you folks can uh, follow along with us there as well. Let's um let's jump into the wrestling golf here because we got quite a lot to uh, uh, to get to on the subject of AEW. There, they came up quite a lot um, in 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 the the quiz. So I think I don't even think we we discussed its existence there last week. They announced on uh, New Year's Day that it was a, it was a, it was official. Uh, the Khan family are bankrolling this promotion, of which Cody is the president, or he's the executive vice president, or something. The, the Tony Khan is the president. Um, uh, it, the only people that they initially announced to sign were Cody and Brandy, and I think Hangman Page. And then the box confirmed they were going to do it. Um, they had a rally there last week, which is kind of wacky. Uh, they said a lot of wacky things, including uh, equal pay for the women. They're going to take care of the wrestlers. They made some vague gestures towards healthcare, and then they also revealed some signings. They have uh, Joey Janela, uh, Pac, uh, which is probably one of the bigger surprises, um, uh, and Chris Jericho signed a deal with a non WWE US entity, which is. Uh, Quite, quite the development. Considering he was, I'm fairly sure he said many times he would never do that. But, um, but too you. loyal to McMahon. Yeah. Well, there we go. So, uh, so make of it. Did you watch any of the rally at all? Um, I did. I did live stream it. Um, it was conveniently timed, so mm. that's handy. Yeah. It was um, a little bit. Um, what's the word? Two Bob. Uh, it was it was a little, a little bit, it was a little bit camp, not in the classic camp, but it was a little bit it was a little bit wrestling for my taste. Yeah, it was a bit uh, 1988 <laughs> outside uh, Disney Studios or MGM or something. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's strange. I'm very I'm very intrigued by AEW. I really want them to do well because I want there to be a mainstream alternative to, to WWE, which it hasn't been since WCW folded, really. Mm. Um, but it's, it's strange kind of picking out the there's potential because they've got big money backers and I think the guys involved are smart and know what they're doing to a degree. But then also, on the other hand, some of the stuff seems a bit like they're kind of flying by the seat of their pants. So I don't know. Hard to figure out which way it's going to go. Yeah, um, it was it was very odd um, as a, as a broadcast. It did not feel very professional. But I, I don't know how you do a thing like this well. Like, do you know what I mean? I feel like they probably could. It should have been a pre-tape thing, but they wanted to have that feeling of oh, our our, our rabid fans came to see us. You know what I mean? But I don't know. I thought it was kind of interesting. They also announced a partnership with OWE in China, which is pretty interesting. Um, yeah, so you know, it's, it's early days. No, no television announcements uh, uh, yet. Um, which is obviously why we had that question in the quiz. It's very weird. I mean, they they all seem very bullish about it, but I, like he, announcing the whole promotion now when you don't win, you're like confident that you have the deal, but you're not announcing the deal seems seems kind of odd. To me, but um, there you go. I just don't get Adam Page. <laughs> as well. He's 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 quite good. I mean, he's he is I don't pretty get good. Him. I mean, I know he kind of looks like a cheap Adam Cole. Um, Not even he. He just seems like such a run-of-the-mill character. I don't. I, I don't get the appeal. Um, and then Pac showed up in his tights. 
Yeah, he showed up. Yeah, everyone else was in their suits or whatever. He was in his gear. Actually, no, the young bucks were in t-shirts. Mm. I feel like the only people who actually made an effort at this thing were Cody and the women. Because Randy looked, you know, well. Rick Baker came out in like a very fancy kind of dress, and then like Pac showed up in his gear. The young bucks were in t-shirts and shorts. It's very, it's very odd uh, uh, collection of um, of people. Jericho showed up looking very odd. I don't know you know, quite you know, what I mean, it was. He he looked a little bit like a I don't know. He looked a little bit like a Keith Lemon character. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, a bit weird. I can see that. Um, uh, we'll move on here. Uh, uh, say, sorry, one other thing is my other kind of worry is that they seem to be very much pitching it. Um, so far more to the kind of, you know, hardcore, a sort of Twitter mm-hmm. fan. That mm-hmm. seems to be the sort of base that they're starting with. And I worry if that's a bit of a misstep because as we've seen since the, um, the launch, uh, the people on the internet are, are terrible, fickle twats who will pick apart literally anything you say, um, such as, you know, mentioning equal pay, but without having an exact pay structure in place yeah. to, to reveal or, uh, you know, to, What's his name? Tony Khan not being or being a smart <laughs> or going back through his old match ratings. It, like, it's a bit yeah. of worry because yeah, if that's the kind of fan base that you're starting off with to drive it, they are all terrible. Let's be honest. Um, so we'll see. They really need to attract you know proper kind of mainstream fans who who aren't mental. Uh, in sad news, uh, mean Gene Okerlund passed away there uh, about a week or so ago. Uh, very, very sad. Obviously, a mainstay of professional uh, professional wrestling itself. He's a, a pillar of, of what you think of when you think of, of, of big league, you know, North American pro wrestling. Mean. Um, Woo! Baga! Gene! So, uh, yeah, he passed away at 76. I actually thought he was older because um, I feel like he's just been around forever. Like he's just been he's just existed for as long as as, as recorded video existed. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, you know, um, well, I guess he would have been great. then in his like late 40s, early 50s during his kind of heyday then. I suppose, yeah, he had, he had old man hair, you know. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, old man everything. <laughs> What's the old man whose hair he had uh, bald? Is that what he <laughs> <laughs> the hair of old man. And, uh, yeah, so obviously the, the, the wrestling world was, was unified in their, in their mourning for Gene and, and looking back on his best moments and, and his Hall of Fame induction and things like that. And WWE put out a great, a great, great, great video package for him. Uh, and then... Uh, just because you can never really trust them, they decided to kind of leverage Gene's death as an excuse to bring Hulk Hogan back to television. Yeah, uh, which is uh, quite the thing. Quite the thing. Uh, I did watch the segment. I mean, obviously, look at Hogan. He, you know, he was going to do it well, but uh, very, very questionable um, uh, decision making there. But I mean. You know, as as shitty as it is, it worked. I mean, they they found a situation where he wasn't going to be heckled or booed or, or anything like that. But um, yeah, so Hogan came back and he gave his eulogy and he did his "Let me tell you something, mean Gene." Um, yeah, say Levy, look, that's WWE for you. Um, so yeah, uh, rest in peace, 
to the legendary Mean Gene Oakland. Uh, soldiering out here with the news. Uh, Tony Storm just today, in fact, returned to social media after deleting it last week. She unfortunately was the victim of a, uh, a personal photo leak online. And uh, not only that, but just, just some really, as is often the case in these stories, just some really, really bad social media uh, uh, abuse as a result of it. I mean, people just pouncing on it and and uh, being really, really horrible. Uh, so she deleted everything there, and, and she just came back there today. So uh, yeah, I mean, there's not really a whole, there's not really a whole lot to say about that story other than it kind of sucks. Um, and uh, if, if we've learned nothing from the uh, from from the from the page situation, it's that you know people do kind of move on fairly quick. So you can mm. kind of. You know, you can, you can, it's obviously horrible when it happens. And I, I, I can totally understand why she felt the need to kind of delete everything and just get out of there, uh, just for her own headspace. But, uh, you know, it's, it'll be, it'll be forgotten fairly quickly. Well, I mean, there's, there's, there's always still going to be the, the minority who still think it's hilarious to make, you know, Xavier Woods jokes on every page related YouTube video and mm. this and that. But, as you say, you know, people, for the most part, get over it and move on with their lives. Uh, not the people who were the victims, I mean. I mean, the general public. Yeah, the general public, yeah. And it's like, I actually didn't know why people were talking about Tony Storm when that news bro- broke, and so I, I clicked on, like, like the hashtag. God, the, the people were just being, like, horrible. You know what I mean? Like, like you, 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 sometimes you forget, um, like, just the, the, the um, the the joy people can take in like other people's misfortune is it was, it was really it was really shitty um but uh, yeah, she's back anyway and obviously she won a, she won at um takeover which is which was cool you know so she's kind of hopefully uh, uh, on an upswing for the rest of 2019 uh how much of the uh, NXT UK takeover did you lads watch uh the last 15 minutes Okay, I when, watched... when Pete Dunne and Joe Coffey fell off the top rope twice. Okay, I watched the opener and the Devlin match. Oh, sorry, uh, I also saw a bit of the, the Devlin batter match, yeah. That was very good. Uh, I thought the opener was great. I thought the Devlin match was okay. I, I was kind of actually a bit disappointed by it, given the, the, the epic occasion they were making of it. But um, it, was, it, was, it wasn't bad, but I didn't think it was anything blow away. Um, opener was fantastic. Opener is worth going out of your way to see. Uh, what did you make of the main event? I actually did not see that. It was long. I heard yeah. it was very long. So I, I watched the whole show, actually, um, because I'm such a dedicated wrestling critic. Uh, I've actually watched two shows this year. Um, so catching up on last year's total already. Um, yeah, I thought it was good. Opening opener was really, really fun. Obviously, Moustache Man, I know, really, really fun. Um what was after that? It was a Balor, yeah, Balor and um, your man there, Devlin. Yeah, I thought that was a pretty good match. I thought Balor just, God, it comes across so well. He's such a star. I don't know why I'm so uninterested in watching him on Monday Night Raw. I guess it's just WWE. But, um, yeah, that was pretty good. Women's match was was fine. I didn't watch the one with the fella with the big beard off of World of Sport. Eddie and the other fella. Yeah, I'll be honest, Eddie Davis I'm a little bit baffled, yeah, by the pushing of those two, but fair enough. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not interested in that. Sorry, lads, so I had to, to forward through that. No, I mean, um, we've seen Eddie Dennis a couple of times at OTT. How many times have been over? Two or three? Four? Two or three, yeah. 
I don't. I I never really got the appeal of him. Um, and so Matt, tall. He's very tall, but he's like in a gangly way. He doesn't come out, yeah. and he does. He does. I know he doesn't do on NXT UK, but he does that little dance when he comes out, and he's got the fucking shorts and. He, Oh, the gear he wears was awful as well. <laughs> he comes off like a geek. I'm sorry if you're listening, Eddie, yeah. but come on. <laughs> and Mastiff is just a, a big kind of demolition ball of a man. But at the same time, he doesn't ever come off as like, I don't know, intimidating or... That's you no, know, no. Yeah. Oh, like a couple of darts players. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um... Um, and then I can't remember what was off that it might have just been the main event it was yeah but um, I did actually think I saw a, a lot of criticism of being quite slow or boring I thought um, sorry, it was a long match but I, I actually quite enjoyed it I thought I, I saw a lot, a, a lot more positive takes on it than negative oh really I'm yeah. going to just follow the wrong people well you follow at I hate wrestling which is <laughs> Yes, uh, no. I saw a lot of um, a lot of positive reaction to it. And, yeah, I mean, I, I, admittedly, admittedly, they they clearly had some big top rope spot planned for the end that they they messed up, went back to try again, messed it up again, and said, "Ah, here, fuck it." Um, yeah. But what I saw, I thought was pretty good. I, yeah, I, I admittedly didn't enough. watch the whole shebang, but. It, uh, yeah, I think it was a pretty good match. Thumbs up, sort of three, three and a half stars, three and three quarter yeah. stars territory. I think the, pro- the problem is people uh, are inevitably going to compare it to your takeovers from NXT yeah. proper, you know, as opposed to the first of its own kind of thing. I, I don't know that they really should have used the takeover name because I think you're only going to draw those comparisons. Yeah, I think they should have come up with a, a kind of British or UK sort of name. I don't know what. But, um, yeah, NXT, NXT UK colonialism. Oh, he's having a go, isn't he? Oh, he's having a go. Yeah. NXT, oh, NXT Brexit. <laughs> that's even lazier than mine, baby. Oh, that's shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I think overall, the kind of whole NXT UK thing, it, it does feel very much like the B, <laughs> the B show to um, to the, the main NXT kind of brand feels like the main event of the 205 live yeah i think it's just this they've got so much talent under sign but in kind of different brands that it, it's watering everything down no pun intended because the uh, main event did get watered down am i right uh, but anyway um yeah like it's not exactly a packed show was it i mean yeah you've got the british strong style the kind of backbone of the show but apart from that uh, so none on here you think I think, I think the card was okay on paper kind of, aside from the Mastiff Dennis match I think the the women's title match uh, Storm and Ripley are two good names for the brand I think the tag match as you said Mustache Mountain Zach Gibson who won the tournament and James Drake yeah uh, the main event Coffee the leader the kind of the premier stable in the thing and then Pete Dunne obviously the face and then Travis Banks Devlin is is a good upper mid card kind of semi main, which of course mm. then became Devlin Finn. Um, yeah, I I, I guess because I look at the names they have, they have a lot of very good people from the kind of UK scene. Um, 
But yeah, I'm not sure that it's all clicking together just yet or that they have the right people in the right roles just yet. And I think it's going to take a few months for them to kind of figure that out anyway. You know, like your your progress, your OTT, your, you know, ICW The Worlds, they didn't kind of all click from day one. You know, they kind of need to work out, okay, who who really are their their top stars like you had joe coffee here in the main event i don't know that he's necessarily going to be in the main event scene yeah for the rest of the year you know that's not necessarily criticism of him but like i say they just kind of need to work out okay who are who are our top like three or four guys our top top level guys that we're going to kind of you know flip in and out and who are our upper mid card and who are because i think when they when they just brought everybody in everybody was kind of more or less on the same level aside from your you know, Pete Dunne, Tyler Bay, and and that everybody else was kind of had a question mark. So it'll take a while for him to work that. Out. I think the next takeover might be a little bit have have a little bit more of a a, a vision to it than this one. But I thought on paper, yeah, well, I'm sure Walter versus Pete Dunne, which will be well, there you go. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, so that was the big reveal at the end of the show. Walter came out. Uh, yeah. We talked a few weeks ago about the you know what was basically the sweetheart deal they gave him. Um. Uh, he'll still be living in Germany. Uh, it seems like he would be like a semi-regular there. Um, he's still mm-hmm. advertised for Fight Club and OTT in the next few weeks. So and WXW. I mean, he's, he's it doesn't it's it's almost like a Brock esque deal for the NXT era. Um, uh, you know. Um, so and and so the, the, there is rumor that he has an opt out clause, and there was also a rumor this week in the a- AEW news that uh, WWE were, were so vehement about getting the Young Bucks that they offered them a similar thing where they said, here's a big deal for loads of money and we'll give you an opt-out clause um, uh, if you're don't if if you not satisfied with your push or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. I, to be honest, I just have, I've, I Pete match will certainly be good. It's just after the incredible 2018 Walter had, I mean, I got to see him live, but also I saw so many great matches on VOD. Such an eclectic mix I have like no interest to see in this guy do the NXT thing. It's just not. It's it's yeah. It's, it's not interesting for me, nor do I feel like it's good for the scene that this this top guy who works everywhere is now there. So I'm hope I'm hoping my prediction comes to fruition and he's in and out fairly quickly. Um, but I'm hey, I'm, at the very least, I'm sure we will get at least one bag and match out of it. So um, so yeah, very very interesting. Uh, also, as part of the whole uh, uh, Blackpool NXT show uh, uh, news cycle. Uh, the British Strong Style Boys, looking as ridiculous as possible, uh, <laughs> revealed on uh, Good Morning Britain that they have opened a UK performance centre. Uh, <laughs> so I don't really, like, the people, the NXT people who are in the performance centre in Florida, like, they live in Florida, but, like, like, like who's, like, they live near the performance centre or whatever, like, so, so who's in this performance centre day-to-day in terms of trainers, yeah. in terms of like, like I know Devlin has not relocated there. I'm pretty sure I don't know. I maybe Dunn and Seven and Bait have, but they also don't need to be training. I mean, they, what purpose do they have in a training center? Trent Seven's wrestling as long as I'm alive. You know, um, uh, it's 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 weird. I, I I'm not super clear on on who's going to be there. If there if this is a place for new recruits, is it going to be a school? Like, do you have to have a WWE deal, or can you can you go there for classes? I don't know. But uh, it's certainly the, a, a, an important news story, kind of in the next era of their uh, uh, take over the whole world, have a have a camp in every country, uh, uh, you know, hoovering people up. 
So, so yeah. Yeah, see, the other thing is that the US one's kind of tied to full sale. Wait, is that right? Yes. No, 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 no. They, they do their tape, their TV tape is full sale. The performance is, is not a full sale. Oh, it's oh, sorry, no, yeah. sale, it? I wonder if they'll set up something similar with a location in, in London where they kind of run regular shows, maybe to give like some new talent experience or something like that. Because otherwise, it's a bit, is it just like a big warehouse with a gym in it and a couple of rings? People can pop by and there's no one in there. It's just. Occasionally, Triple H doing a press conference. I don't know. It's funny because even like Robbie Brookside is working out of Florida. <laughs> you know, like even the oh yeah, all the Brits, uh, even the Brits are over there. So I don't know. And like and like Shawn Michaels was on the press tour um, for this, and he was at Blackpool. It was like he ain't moving to to you know London to be in that performance center. No. Um, you know, so it's very odd. He did. He did have some uh, big praise for Jordan Devlin, though I thought was pretty interesting. It was very funny as well because the timing coincided with OTT announcing their training school opening up. Yeah, or I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, it's not OTT branded, but I mean, if it's if it's well, the it's it's one, I guess. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, the Joe Cabrera announced on Twitter the School of Irish Wrestling is it just called the School of Irish Wrestling. Uh, head trainer Paul Tracy, which which makes sense. He's been he's been the man on the scene training people for a very very long time with uh, classes from Cabray, Devlin, and uh, Sean Guinness, uh, which is a pretty pretty damn good um, uh, roster there. So um, a, a lot of people are wondering: Is this a rebranded main stage wrestling? Because that would have been, uh, to the best of my knowledge, that would have been Cabray's. At uh, school uh, mm. prior to this, um, they they, he, they began running shows there last year again for the first time in a while. They used to run them very often. Uh, I suppose it doesn't really matter. He mentioned it when he posted the tweet. You know, new facility, new ring. So yeah, I'm thinking is he maybe you know sh- shuttering this one thing and opening this next one. But however you look at it, uh, the, the the quality of talent of young talent on the Irish shows has been so good for the last year. Um, we've talked about it, obviously, on this show. You know, live experiences and also, you know, contenders and stuff like that. Um, it really is great, and it's it's great that there's another school here that maybe even people will travel to from abroad. I mean, as 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 the WWE presence becomes so significant in the UK, if if Ireland can kind of get some steam as this kind of independent school uh, yeah. system, but um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was good. I, I'll be honest, right? I think this announcement is great. I think I think they've got a great roster of names training people. When he was teasing a, a, an announcement about the future of Irish wrestling, I was like, "Oh, here comes the that. venue." He got a venue. He got a, he got a venue. He, they're building something, or fucking somebody came through, or yeah, unfortunately not. That so that that remains. And they yeah. also kind yeah. of, I guess, under the radar, let slip that they're the last Tivoli show has come and gone without yeah. much fanfare to it. Yeah, I mean, they, they, it was just kind of known. I think they uh, they had previously answered a question saying that they weren't going to be running in January other than contenders. Um, and yeah, to be fair, like, they did say that the July one was the last one and then the other two were like bonus that they just happened to get, uh, which I think we all kind of turned our nose up at, like not believing, but I mean, that, that was the story. But yeah, someone asked them, uh, yeah, uh, you know, all the, all the clubs and all the other kind of uh, entertainment companies that run the Tivoli, they are all all now hardcore advertising their last nights uh, at that venue, and they're all January dates. Mm. And so, 
someone did ask on Twitter, is there any chance you have a show coming up? Which, would, to be fair, they only asked us a couple of days ago, so it'd be pretty funny if they did and they didn't tell anyone. But they said, no, our, our last day at Tivoli has been gone. So, so there you go, your official confirmation. Um, uh, and yeah, as of as of this recording, I mean, they still don't have a schedule up on Twitter, which for the last few kind of New Year's seasons, they've had them up fairly sharpish. Um, so it does seem like they are kind of flying by the seat of their pad, the old venue issue, but that's uh, that's out of their heads. Uh, uh, so yeah, uh, and obviously OTT next week I'll be I won't be on the show next week because so I'll have that. Uh, so. uh, did anyone watch the Nigel McGuinness documentary on the network? I did not get a chance. I did. I did. How how was it, and how was it compared to the uh, the one he did himself? The last of the McGuinness, which I also saw. Um, I mean, it obviously ha- had less of a. A bitterness to it, I guess. Um, I was a really, really big fan of Last of, Last of the McGuinness. Um, I thought it was a really fascinating look at a, you know, the story of a wrestler who ultimately doesn't make it, that ultimately doesn't have a happy ending. I think a lot of people were kind of critical of it, that it was kind of overly um, you know, sad, <laughs> or that he, he came off overly bitter and and all that. But I thought that, that kind of added to the my interest in it is that it's being told from the point of view of someone who's who is bitter about their situation and who is upset about it. Um, so the last, uh, excuse me, the chasing. What was the name of this the, the documentary? Uh, chasing, chasing the magic. Chasing the magic. Um, obviously, had a lot, a lot of insight from people who are currently in WWE that last McGuinness didn't have, like Brian Danielson and. Samoa Joe and Seth Rollins and people who had worked Nigel in Ring of Honor. And, I mean, the message of it ultimately was, you know, well, what he wanted ultimately didn't come true. But in a way, he kind of, it has a happy ending nevertheless. You know, like he he finally made it to WWE. He got to call match at WrestleMania. Um, and ultimately, he still has, for the most part, his health. Like, he went through a lot of health issues and, you know... Mm. He talks about he, he got, um, who was it that was thrown at him over the table and he got hit, like a kick in the head or something? Um, oh, Johnny Gargano? Or oh, yeah, Champa? Champa, it was Champa Gargano, uh-huh. yeah. And he's like, oh, good thing. Maybe it's a good thing I'm not taking the, the bumps anymore. Um, yeah, they, they, they really didn't kind of hold back on how vicious and hard hitting his style was back in the day. Um, they showed, for example, the uh, the ring post spot from the Dinosaur match where he's like just flush headbutting the ring apron, busts himself open. Um, well, luckily they didn't show the uh, the I think Austin Aries uh, ring oh, barricade God, spot <laughs> where I hate that one so much. Where he gets uh, for those who haven't seen it, he gets um, I think a suicide dive, and he's facing the other way. He's facing the crowd. And yeah, Aries, Aries comes out at like a hundred miles an hour on like a, a a bottom rope suicide dive to the back of Nigel's head, and Nigel, I don't know if he didn't see it coming or just Aries was going fast and he's bad, and Nigel just headbutts the to say he headbutts it like his whole body like like is flung into this barricade and his head smashes. Oh my god! And he comes terrible. up just blood. Yeah, Fair and I think it's, I think I hate that. I think that one's like worse than the the Liverpool. Uh, post spot you're just describing i mean oh they're both bad but jesus 
I mean, I think the ring post spot is worse in kind of conception. Because um, I, I, I'm sure that he, he knew that Ares was going to come at him from behind as well. That was the idea of the spot. But I don't know whether the result was as, as predetermined as... I'm sure he kind of was like, pull me in, I'll get some hard way blood, you know, from the, from the, ape, mm. from the ring post. But even like, fuck, even his in-ring style, aside from the crazy spots, was like very tough on the body. I remember he used to... Um, Especially the lariat he used to throw. He used to throw everything into it. So it was no real surprise that he started like yeah. tearing muscles in his arms. Um, one thing I didn't really pick up on until I watched it in this documentary is how much of his style Zach Gibson uses to this day. Like, of his moves, Zach Gibson just does. I never really copped on until I kind of saw the side-by-side comparisons in the documentary. I was like, Jesus, Gibson just fucking stole this lad's moves. Um, but yeah, I was I was a big McGuinness fan back in the day when I, during a, a brief period where I kind of sought out Ring of Honor matches. I remember Danielson match uh, matches obviously were very uh, very good. I liked the the aforementioned series with Austin Aries. I never really saw any of the the Samoa Joe or Tyler Black matches, but um, I was a big Nigel fan. I I, I bought um a DVD copy of the Last of the McGuinness, which I still have to this day, from Nigel directly. And a uh, funny little story, which I'm sure I told in the podcast at the time, was um, he. <laughs> I had a back and forth email correspondence with him because there was some problem with shipping out the uh, the DVD to me. Oh, where they needed is. some. Uh, they needed for some reason my my middle name and my date of birth, which I was happy to give to him. And the, the DVD finally arrived anyway, and um, I got the version of which has like all the deleted scenes and stuff. Very very interesting look into someone of that mindset. Like, like I say, I, th- I think to me, although some other people kind of deride it as a result, I think seeing him kind of at his lowest during the documentary, some people say that maybe it comes off a bit like God pathetic or a bit, uh, overly like, Oh, what was me? But I, I really found it very fascinating to see someone kind of come to terms with the fact that their dreams, you know, haven't come true. And, I found it a really compelling doc- documentary, and I, I I like this one for the reason that it had a little bit more, a little bit more insight from people outside of Nigel himself, and uh, like I say, a bit more of a happier ending than Last of the McGinnis had. And they show clips from the Last of the McGinnis documentary, and it's really, really, um, it's it's upsetting to this day seeing his like his retirement tour, for example, um, like he was wrestling in front of like tiny tiny crowds um and it's funny as well because i didn't realize this watching last and mcginnis the first time because obviously these names weren't names yet but like people he wrestled on his retirement tour like zach gibson uh trent seven who would go on to be bigger names you know jack gallagher as well jack gallagher um and uh yeah i might need to get that dvd out and give it another little run through but uh I like yeah, I like the documentary a lot. I thought it was very very good. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. I hadn't seen the last of McGuinness, um, and I didn't exactly know. I knew kind of bits and pieces about what happened with his career. But I didn't know the full picture, so it was kind of very interesting to see it all kind of laid out uh, from his perspective and to have all the kind of footage together from from Ring of Honor and uh, TNA and, and everything TNA, in, in yeah. one place. Yeah, that was, that was really really good. So yeah, I really really enjoyed it. Uh, watched I, it with I, Michelle. She was she was. Very sad at Nigel's mm. fight. <laughs> it was a bit of a tearjerker. 
so yeah, it was it was it was good. I thought he was maybe even a bit more open in this one than in Last of the Beginners. I think I, when I watched that, I, I still felt like he was holding back on um, the hepatitis thing because I remember when he released the DVD, the hepatitis thing was was rumored, it hadn't actually been officially, let's say, um, revealed. And he mm. kind of like it, it, the documentary kind of builds to this revelation. Uh, but at the same time, he still kind of holds back. He doesn't fully explain the circumstances of, of what really happened to him. Whereas here, he really kind of came out and said, look, I, I had this, I had this, I had this. Funnily, um, there was no real mention of like concussions or the effects of those, which is strange because, like I say, they show the spot where he's just like bonking into a ring post. Um but I have to. I I assume that that also had some part in him having to ultimately retire. But he, he had the, obviously the bicep injury, uh, the hepatitis, and was there another one I'm forgetting? But uh, no, yeah. yeah, and um, yeah, I thought it was very interesting. I thought it was very good. Very very good. Mm. Alrighty. Um, I think we can probably call it there on those on those, these last few bits and bobs. We can wrap this up here. Um, uh, but yeah, bumper, lots lots going on in wrestling, obviously at the moment. Um, uh, yeah, so we'll be back next week. It's gonna be just the two lads next week. I'll be at Okiki Contenders. Um, uh, looking forward to very much first show of the year. Um, but the lads will be back. Is uh, would we be previewing the Rumble? Is Rumble next week? Uh, Rumble's the 28th. Okay, so we got two more weeks. Okay. So we'll be back next week with uh, more movie golf, TV golf, all the other golfs, and, and uh, more wrestling news. Um, and then I'll be back the week after that. Uh, be, for, be sure to follow Chairshot Pod on Twitter as well as go to chairshotpodcast.com for the archive and what have you. And also send us an email if you'd like to send us an email. But in the meantime, wrapping it up this, this this bumper edition of the Share Shop Podcast and we're going to say goodbye from myself Barry Murphy it's goodbye from Paul goodbye and then it's cut Mr. Joe Talbot goodbye <laughs>